0: Code violation, verbal abuse. all
1: right we back welcome to yeah we said it rona's report part one uh (laughs) we still here you know uh donnell
2: how you doing i'm doing well i can't complain not sick and tired of being in the house but you know it is what it is
1: relatable relatable for everybody um except Florida. Um, also joining <laughs> us today, you heard from him last year for our Wimbledon episode. Uh, welcome back, Andy. Thanks for joining us to talk some mess today.
3: I'm always here to talk some mess. Thanks, Cedric. <laughs> Thanks, y'all, for letting me, letting me come back
1: on. All right. Um, so there's a lot of news. Uh, it's, it's been seven months, um, so <laughs> y'all just bear with us. It's a lot of stuff. Okay, um, right at the end of January, that's right, January, uh, former world number one player Esther Regier announced that she had been diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, So that was very sad. I checked her social media when I was writing this down because, like I said, this was at the end of January to see if she had mentioned anything else um, about how things were going. I didn't see anything on her Twitter. um, But I saw some other stuff that she was like promoting and everything. So I'm, I'm hoping that she's okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't
2: heard anything since January either.
1: Uh, um, the bad news just kept coming as a few days after that, Juan Martin Del Potro underwent yet another knee surgery after the previous procedure was unsuccessful. That um, yeah, man. Just recently stated that he's begun slowly reacclimating himself to the tennis court once again. Um, and this is just within the last couple of weeks. Um,
3: yeah, that's sad to hear about Juan uh, well, Martín. But Esther is an absolute legend of the sport, and I don't really think she gets this, the 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 amount of dues that she should. Because she, I mean, she, she won years like, without losing five, like five hundred straight matches without losing almost. Yeah, so yeah, like it was like years. Absolute legend. She deserves all the flowers she can possibly get. Um, and also conversely, I feel like Walmart team, she, he, he is almost underachieved. Like he, he should,
1: he also deserves a lot of flowers, but, uh, you
3: know, injuries have gotten in his way. Yeah.
1: Every time he really starts to get on a roll and starts playing some good tennis, gets back into the top 10, like here comes another freak injury. So it's, it's really unfortunate.
2: It's crazy, but he, he always manages to find his way back into the top 10. And back, you know, making deep runs in the slams and and, and winning titles. So it, it's kind of amazing to see him be able to bounce back so many times.
1: I mean, he obviously loves the sport because we've seen people who have gone through way less, like <laughs> give it up, you know. And he just keeps doing his best to come back again. And it's it's got to be super duper difficult and frustrating for him. Definitely. Um, We discussed on our pre-Australian Open episode that Robert Farah had been provisionally suspended on a doping charge. Um, A short time later, he saw that suspension lifted as it was determined that he bears no fault or negligence and would be allowed to compete again immediately. Um, Of course, you know, competition ended soon after, but uh, he's been very active, actively thirst trapping on Instagram, Darren Rona, for which I am very thankful.
3: (laughs) We all know Cedric Cuban screenshotting
1: all of those (laughs) Instagrams. Listen, Hey, you ain't gonna put me on blast like that, but yes, I have. (laughs) Um, um, yeah, I mean, and I'm sure he knows it. Um, anyway, let me move on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Roger Federer also had yet another knee operation this past spring. Uh, he planned to be out through the French open, but it turns out this might've been the best time for him to have such a procedure. Um, so, yeah, he's, I, I, I saw some stuff where he since stated that, uh, like, he doesn't really know what's going to happen next, as far as the knee is concerned right now. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: I was, I was ever thinking he picked the exact right time to disappear.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, he did, for sure. You know, he had no idea this was coming, but yeah, this was a great time. So if he does come back, it's, you know, it's not like he's super duper behind what everybody else is doing, but...
2: Yeah, his ranking and stuff will still be pretty secure so um
1: also I he just he'll, I think he'll be able had his way back in his do. 39th birthday the other day so you know happy belated or whatever
3: yeah i guess but mm-hmm. what have you heard about him being like more more injured than what he lets us know
1: i i didn't really it was it was like some sort of a quote where he said something to the effect of he wasn't sure if he would be back like he wasn't he just wasn't sure right now like he wasn't sure if he's coming back at all. That's that's what I read. I don't know oh, if he was wow. misquoted.
2: The way I would that's scream. What I read.
3: <laughs> wow! Wow! Wow!
2: The way I would scream. But I could. I mean, I could buy it because you know, spending all this time at home with his family and you know his wife, his wife and kids and everything, and to have achieved everything that he's achieved, I don't know if I'd come back either.
1: I mean, I I would be. Uh... I would believe more so that his nanny is not coming back after finally getting some time off uh, <laughs> with all them kids. God damn! Can you imagine? They God finally damn. saw their family again. It's been years, child. I've taken care of all fourteen of those kids. Woo! Lord <laughs> Jesus! Oh, every time uh, I think about it, I shudder. All them kids. Oh my God! No. <laughs>
3: I mean, I I think that his ego will keep him in contention as long as he physically can because I know he's not gonna sit at home and watch on, you know, tennis channel that, you know, Novak is passing his records and
1: right. Write. He's not well, gonna baby, sit it's, around and it's let that happening happen. anyway. So whether he comes it back is, or but not. But
3: he's not gonna let around like sit around and wait for that to happen. Like as long as he's physically able to play, he's gonna play. So I don't think he and his children and his wife matter as much as him trying to <laughs> play, play <laughs> <sighs> um, wow
1: wow <laughs> um, so Kevin Anderson also had knee surgery this year after suffering a meniscus tear in the offseason training um, it's been a rough couple of years for him as well a couple of bad injuries that he's been out with for a while so um, he was just starting to come back so
2: yeah. It was like all downhill for him after he made that U.S. Open final.
1: Damn, mm-hmm.
3: that's really bad.
2: I mean, that's and the Wimbledon that exact final. Thing
1: the Wimbledon final was so after, right? I, I, I oh
2: god, he did make the Wimbledon final. I, the, all the I, I
1: remember only because I was happy that he beat John Isner in the semis because I was about to be so upset because you know John Isner was going to get in that final and serve by and win Wimbledon and I, ooh, I was going to quit tennis. So. um... <laughs> Yeah, I, that's the only reason I remember that is because it was very significant that he beat John Isner in that semifinal. Um, yeah. Finally, some good news. Um, at the end of February, the doper announced her retirement from professional tennis. Oh, yeah, that
2: did happen this year, didn't it? Woo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bye, bitch. Um, that's all I got. I ain't got nothing to say
2: to her. Yeah, good um, ribbons.
1: Nicholas Yare also came under fire for testing positive for a prohibited substance. In April, he announced that he and his legal team were able to prove the substance found in his system originated in a Brazilian lab, uh, which co-contaminated his vitamins. Um that's actually sort of a similar story to Robert Farah, so it's kind of interesting. Um, he was set to serve an 11-month sanction and will be eligible to return to competition in November. So um, it really doesn't hurt him that much at, at this point, to be honest. Yeah.
3: Honestly, like, I, I've heard that name, but I don't think I could pick him out of a lineup.
1: Yeah, me either. Um, there's something significant, but I don't remember it.
3: He made some run at yeah, somewhere some Yeah, some, some clay point. tournament or something. Uh, <laughs> like some Rio Open or something. Exactly. That's ad. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but that's about it for me.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, Yusuf Hassam, a 21-year-old Egyptian player, ranked number 820 in the world who had already been provisionally suspended since May of 2019, has now been banned for life after committing 21 breaches of anti-corruption rules. His brother Kareem is also banned for life. Uh, Youssef was the first Egyptian player to rank in the top 10 of the ITF World Junior Rankings. So that's literally the only reason this is notable. But I mean, yeah, banned for life. They said you ain't never coming back.
3: That's okay. I don't follow tennis. I don't follow man tennis. I
1: don't know. Okay, Georgie. Okay. Um, In May, the ATP partnered with Corsetta in an effort to further the education of both ATP staff and pros, which is great, because them niggas need it.
0: Yeah.
2: Jesus, so much has happened that I've missed. (laughs)
1: Um... (laughs) In the "Ain't Shit" column, we have Nicholas Boschalis who was detained for beating his ex-wife. He faces imprisonment for one to three years. Oh my God! I forgot about that. He did what? Well, detained for beating his ex-wife in, oh my in Georgia. Goodness. Yes. Wow. Yeah,
3: that definitely did happen. I forgot all about that. Wow. I don't think I. I don't think that reached my my brain. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, he came up on my Instagram feed today and I was like, how am I following him? Why would I ever do that? I don't uh, you know, but I quickly unfollowed, I fixed it. So I feel like he was he has like tried to
3: pull like one of the George cards, like to thirst trap on Instagram a few times and I think I've fallen for it more than
1: more often than I like to admit. Okay, uh, so you just gonna keep pulling my card like this today. Uh, <laughs> And you invited me for a reason. <laughs> <didn't you? laughs> Woo! Okay, that's probably why I was falling. Um, Luca Pui announced that he was uh, to have right elbow surgery after not being able to serve without pain for some time. So he's also out. Uh, okay, nothing. Th- okay. Uh, Sasha Zverev confirmed during his stint with uh, UTS that his trial basis with uh, DeV Ferrer has ended and they will be working together at least through the end of 2020. Apparently, um, they work really well together. So that's, that's kind of cool, I guess.
3: That strikes me as an odd pair, to be honest. Very It very, does, right? Very right? Right? Because Zverev like, has the reputation of being someone who doesn't really work as hard as he should, maybe, and doesn't really deliver and david was always someone who kind of overperformed for work where he
2: was yeah, at yeah. right
3: i don't know maybe that's maybe that's why he has him
2: someone maybe he wants
3: somebody to try to push him a little bit more i guess i have no idea wasn't there some other famous ex-men's player that he had in this corner at some
1: point it Was he not a spanish player am i making london Lindo. Yeah, he had Lindo. Oh, it was Lindo. And Lindo left right. <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, because he wasn't, he wasn't
2: working as hard as he needed to be. He was like, "Yeah, no, I'm done with this." Lindo,
1: Lindo says, "No, you're not gonna waste my time out here. I'll be at the house. <laughs> you either gonna work hard. Or I gotta go. It's not working."
3: It. And Sasha said,
1: "You're right. I see you. I'll go ahead and
3: lose in the third round of the Open. I see you. Okay. Yo.
1: Again, and again and again and again." Um... Speaking of UTS, so we were talking about this before we started recording, um, the ultimate tennis showdown that was uh, run by Patrick Muratoglu, um in France, uh, it was a very interesting event. There were a lot of different rules and stuff. He was trying to appeal to a younger and not so hardcore tennis type of fan um so there was there was all kinds of bonus points and cards and
2: you know, it's very strange very but. interesting
1: Patrick. Point
3: systems. I mean I have to give him credit because once he became a household name he decided to chase that at every chance he could get so I'm not surprised he decide, decided to find a way to fill that gap and it seemed to be the trick. I mean, a lot of the people were following it. It was weird to watch. I mean, it was a very weird format uh, with all the cards and the special tricks they could pull. But I found myself watching it a couple of times just because there was nothing else to watch. Um, and they attracted some big names, so
0: I mean, yeah. Um, overall, overall
3: team,
1: probably a net yeah. win for them. Dominic team, uh, Sasha Zverev. Matteo Beratini, who else was there? Stefano uh Definitely Pass. Yeah, Sissipas, uh FF FAA, uh Felix Aljale was there. Um Dimitrov played. Dimitrov, Gasquet, uh, uh Goffin. Benoit Pierre, Feli Lopez. Um and these are just the men because they also had a uh, this they had two different cycles of this and the second cycle included um some WTA players so they had Ons uh Nastia Pavlyon Pavlyon Chekma Cornet and Brenda what is that girl's name fro, fro, fro girl oh, you got I'm it. sorry come on
0: come the on. Come she's on.
1: she's it. nicknamed the prodigy I can't even see the whole name to pronounce it so I give up <laughs> fr Fravertova, Or something. What? Girl, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to disrespect you, girl. Um, please get on any sort of interview and pronounce your name for us, because I really don't know, and I would like to know. Um, anyway, but you know, like we said, it was overall very successful. Um, they drew some big names. They seem to uh, do things in a much safer manner um, than somebody else. We will discuss later on. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was it was cute for what it was. Um, most of what I watched, I did try to watch quite a bit in the first cycle, but I have to admit I was mostly only watching because the camera angle was great um, for looking at cake. and um, there were several players who were sitting. Um, so that was mostly why I watched. It wasn't so much for the tennis. Hmm, Shocking. <laughs> also, um, you <Y'all> me. <laughs> I feel
3: like I feel like a lower ten, a lower angle is really good for like tennis players. Like I love when they, yes, like, if you like, like to learn, yes, it's and really like good. I love to watch how like a pro approaches a point and like the, like the, the net clearance and mm-hmm. like all of the other things that they get mm-hmm. on a point. Like you learn so much more from that lower angle. Um, but like when I watch tennis like with a friend who doesn't really play tennis and they are like what like I hate this angle like give me like the aerial version like I want to see how it works and I'm like oh no give me like that court side like I want to see how
1: things are actually going down yeah I I I see where that yes if somebody is like a novice or whatever they're gonna want to see the full court and see exactly what's happening I get that in terms of, they, they wanna see the result of the point, whereas we wanna see the construction of the point, I guess, you know?
3: Very that, but also it's like, the conventional camera angle is always that like, aerial view, so like, someone who watches tennis, reg- even regularly, and like, enjoys the sport, like, they go across into that, like, that angle, so. But mm-hmm. like, as a player, sometimes it's really nice to like, see the pros at a different, like, from that back, that back court view.
1: So the next segment is they got kids, kids. Um, Aga Radwanska, congratulations! She had her first child,
2: yes, yeah, that's she did.
1: Um, Tatiana Maria, Dominica Sibukova, and Sam Stozer also had babies and gave birth during here during this little Rona cycle here this year. Um, so congrats to all of those ladies. Um, I know Stozer has said that she's coming back. Um, I don't know about Tatiana Maria or Silvikova. Rawanska's been retired for a while now, but, I mean, you never know. I think she had really bad back problems, so I wouldn't expect her to come back. Um, but, I mean, you never know. People come back all the time.
2: She won't be back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if she when did come back, Sam I would retire? like to see her. Sam did not retire. She has just went and had a baby. I don't. She did not retire. Oh, okay. Okay, um, so I she's supposed that. to be coming back yeah she expects to be back next year um players who will not be back because they have called it quits uh Ekaterina Makarova aka the Bracket Buster as I know the Bracket time. Buster wow yeah um the, Vanya fucking bracket Buster. <laughs> she can't bracket, bust no more brackets I guess uh Vanya King Joanna Larson Magdalena Ryberikova Anna Tardishvili and Jamie Hampton all also retired um, during the spring. Oh, I summer.
3: didn't realize that Jamie officially called it quits. That's a bummer.
2: Yeah, yeah she posted a posted a tweet about it. It was it was
3: sad. Aww. She was one player. Like I I didn't particularly love to watch her play, but I really always rooted for her in the draw. Whenever I saw her right. name, I was like, I really hope she punches through because I really enjoyed her as a person. Yeah, she was she was home.
2: But let, let me let me backtrack to Makarova just real quick. Mm. She did she didn't uh, have a glittering career. She didn't achieve a whole lot. You know, three career titles, career high number eight. But you know, she got those two slam semifinals under her belt. Wimbledon quarterfinal, ran a sixteen in Paris a couple times, and she was really always good for knocking a seed
1: out. <laughs> also, Paris. very very accomplished in doubles too. Let's not forget the doubles career.
2: She you, was much you know, more I always forget the doubles for sure. Yeah. World number one in doubles.
1: She won, yeah, she won titles in doubles now.
2: Yeah. yeah. Got some slams. Gold medal in, in doubles at the Olympics.
1: Um, and, you know, yet another player who Serena created because we did not know who she was before 2012. Sure so, didn't. You're welcome, girl. <laughs> um, oh, man. Moving on, let's talk about Diana Yastrzemska.
2: <laughs> Good God.
1: <laughs> Woo! Okay. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. In early July, uh, Diana Yastrimska posted some bullshit in blackface, cornrows in her hair. Um, she claimed that she thought the pictures would, quote unquote, spread a message of equality. It did not. It clearly did not and has been misunderstood. Uh, no, nah, girl, your mama is misunderstood uh she went on to say that she doesn't consider it blackface uh something you cannot actually speak on girl we don't care if you consider it blackface or not we say it is it is um as she did not intend to caricature but to share her feelings about the current situation and uh that she was so disappointed that her message has been corrupted like i don't what what feelings were you sharing I really don't
2: understand, because whatever feeling she thought she was trying to share, she could have just as easily used her words.
1: Like, just just be lazy and hashtag Black Lives Matter, like a lot of these other ATP people and shit did. You ain't got to do all that. Nobody yeah, with their for all that. Shit. Damn. Okay, then... All of that was foul enough, but then just weeks later, she got on her Instagram and posted a picture of herself photoshopped into an image of a group of beautiful black women. Included were captions, with my sisters, not sisters, sisters, and hashtag equality. Bitch, are you dumb? I halfway wish she actually knew one of the black women in that picture so they could kick her ass, because that's what she clearly needs. Talking ain't working. <laughs> no, she needs her ass beat. The talking ain't working at this point, girl, you need your ass whooped. It was it was
3: odd that she received so much uh, I mean, there was a lot of hate directed at her that was opt, like fair, but like there was a lot of constructive like feedback under those posts that she had posted originally and then for her to like kind of double down on it was and like kind of play the victim not even kind of, but to be that victim was a little bit uh, repeatedly tone-deaf from her, which was extremely disappointing. Like, when she had called out publicly one time for one thing, like, to double down and do it again and
1: again... Exactly. Because, I mean, as stupid as it was, you know, as stupid as it was, like... We, we probably could have kind of almost let it go at least like we could have you know what I'm saying like right. not all the way let it go but we could have kind of let it go at least but then like Andy said to double down on it and do some more bullshit and now it's just, it just it looks very very intentional and it looks like right. you know exactly what you're doing so we cannot excuse any of it again you need your ass beat Diana um
3: Another mess associated with Mr. Sasha. Ugh,
1: man, he can't he really can't win since he did Serena wrong, huh? How about that? Um, I mean, he he also like, got himself in his own
3: trouble by oh, also, you know, you know, saying that Europeans aren't racist, and you know, he yeah, also that got was himself he... into his own trouble <clears throat> on social media by. Putting his foot in something that had nothing to do with him, and then, yeah, no, you know, I talk complaining, about complaining of like <laughs> getting mad about it. Yeah, it was that, it was that was insane. And y- y'all know,
2: like, I spoke to him, I spoke to him on the phone, and he, he vocalized it a lot better when he's when he talked to me, like what he was trying to say on Twitter. But it was, it was horrible. It was a mess. Like, it was terrible. Well, I Seriously, hope he but, gained. Like, some knowledge from y'all's chat, because... Right, and that's what I was saying. Like, I, I appreciated the fact that he was at least <clears throat> willing to willing. be receptive yeah, and true. to listen to, you know, why what he said was, like, messed up or why it was wrong or whatever. And he was receptive to the criticisms and the, everything that, that I had to say to him. And um, I'm assuming he listened to the other people that he spoke to as well, because he, he, I know he talked to a few other people. But, uh, yeah, Stramska, she just, she's she's not trying to hear any of it. I'm not, like people were like, people, people were on exactly. People were on Instagram telling her that the post was offensive, and she was liking their comment before she deleted it because she left that picture up—the blackface picture. She left that picture up for like at least like two, three hours before it got deleted, and people were telling her that it was offensive. That you know she shouldn't be doing that. This is blackface, and she was liking their comments. So you know, in my eyes, she was like goading the entire thing. She she knew what she was doing and then try to, you know, backtrack. And I don't know if she was trying to get people talking about her, because now, you know, she's like some singer or whatever, and she's putting music out. I don't know if she's just trying to get her name out there. Mm, but, mm, like, I, it, it was, it was that's foolish.
0: That's
3: true. Well, there was that uh, I was sure about that, to... that that responded and was like, I know you did not post blackface. And she responded, yes, with like the prayer hands.
2: Yeah, what the
3: fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: I don't. Okay, whatever. It was it was insane. <clears throat> um. So let's talk about Novak Djokovic. <laughs> Ooh, here we go. I'm sorry, I'm gonna be laughing through this whole thing. Mm. I'm sorry. Okay. Um. Mm. <laughs> in mid-April, Djokovic, president of the ATP Player Council, proposed that the mm. top 100 players contribute amounts ranging from $5,000 to $30,000 each. On a sliding scale toward a player relief fund for lower ranked players. Um, This was halfway cute, um, to which Dominic Team was loudly opposed, (laughs) stating None of the lower ranked players have to fight for their lives. I've seen players on the ITF Tour who don't commit 100%. Many of them are quite unprofessional. I don't see why I should give them money. Mm. Um, mm, Continues to get trasher. He's like, I don't. They're all like fighting for the top spot in the trash bin. Okay. Um... Uh, was he
3: was he being shady at like those players or was he like trying to insinuate some sort of like larger gambling thing? Because you know, that's like a big thing intent, like especially the men. Yeah, the, ten- men. Yeah, with the men. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I don't know if he's being like these players aren't giving their full weight because they can make money elsewhere or is he really just being like these players just are in it to win twelve thousand dollars a year. I don't what like I don't understand the point. I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't it was a mess. Because if, if you would you would you would assume that if these players were actually able to make it up to these like, you know, main draws of slams that they wouldn't be throwing matches at this international event in like Venice in the first round and qualifying. Like you know what I mean? Like it, like it just seems like it's a, an insinuation of a of a different, you know, reality than what is really being portrayed at the surface.
2: Yeah, it, it's crazy. It,
3: you you know, you would think it would run through
2: his, it would run through his head that you know there are rankings in tennis for a reason. There can only be a you know x amount of people at the top of the sport. If all of those people were at the top of the sport, then Team wouldn't be. You know. So this this thought that those people down there aren't working hard or trying to get to that level is, is kind of mind-blowing to me because I don't think anybody would rather be losing in ITFs compared to winning slams.
3: Yeah, it was also like, yeah, it was like either clearly they're not as good as me so they don't matter or they're intentionally losing and so they also don't matter. Either way, I'm... Dominic team and I belong in interview room number seven
1: (laughs) Mm, mm
0: -hmm. Mm -mm.
1: okay and then like right after that Novak was on Facebook live with some other Serbian athletes oh my god (laughs) and was quoted as saying personally I'm opposed to vaccination And I wouldn't want to be forced by someone to take a vaccine in order to be able to travel. But if it becomes compulsory, what will happen? I will have to make a decision. Um, I, yes, I, Cedric, created the name Novax with two Xs in place of the K uh, in lieu of these comments. Um, It was then stolen from me. His wife, yes. Yelena, also posted some 5G conspiracy theories on Instagram oh around this time. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! It's such a
2: mess. I, you know, I, I completely forgot. It's been he has been such a mess this entire time that I completely forgot all about this part. This is fucking insane. And then for his wife, for his wife to be just as crazy as him, it's it was it's next level. I'm telling you.
3: Oh God. The fact that I've had to mute myself for the last two minutes because I've just <laughs> <laughs> cackling. Like, it's so... It would be... It Honestly, it would be funny if it were not so fucking crazy. And he does not seem to have learned his lesson. Like, he posted this, other, like, his anniversary picture of him literally, like, touching, like, irises with his wife. Like, they're touching eyeballs. And it's oh, just, just like... He's
1: cringy, <laughs> he's just out and about, just doing whatever he can. Uh, then, while well, on an Instagram Live with his friend and advisor, Sherveen Jafaria stated that he knows some people who through energetic transformations, through the power of prayers, through the power of gratitude, have transformed the most toxic food or perhaps the most toxic water into the most healing water because water reacts. Scientists have proven that the molecules in water react to our emotions, to what has been said. Again, this is what Novak said. I ain't got nothing to do with this, okay? We are not uh, in any way backing this on our show, okay? This is what Novak said. Uh, His friend Jafaria backed his backed this claim by citing a Japanese scientist who actually wasn't at all a scientist but was an author whose theories have long been disproved. But hey, this guy also managed to draw the death of Kobe Bryant earlier this year back to his own life and the death of his father 333 days prior, which is apparently some important number for him. So uh, we can't be that surprised that he backed these claims.
2: So that's so, that's
3: honestly one thing. No, go ahead, Donnell. No.
2: Is it's I don't I can't even I can't even vocalize how I feel right now. It is <laughs> wildly infuriating the stuff that w- has been coming out of this man's mouth these past few months. It's it's insane. And then for for him to do the the what he did after the Adriator for everything that transpired after that on top of all of this foolishness that he's been spewing. Oh,
1: wait, no, we about to get to that. Hold on. Whew. Wait, that's coming.
2: I, I just, I, I can't.
3: Um, that's after... like the only time that I've ever, like, seen something that has gotten a lot of traction from Ben on Twitter that is like I've actually really co-signed <laughs> was this mess with Novak and like him bringing this literal lunatic onto his like Instagram live and co-signing all of these conspiracy theories about like being able to transform the molecular structure of water with you know me being positive and, and focusing my energy and all of these other things like for him to be like well this is the cure against this pandemic and then Literally, with this platform, just you know, spewing this out into the you know the social media stratosphere, I actually like that was one thing that I was really glad they got traction from Ben's messy ass and actually made it into like a, a general Twitter discourse about how this kind of discourse is really actually destructive and right. counterintuitive and counter you know productive.
2: It, it's. It was. <clears throat> excuse me. It was really shocking to me that he would use his platform for something as dangerous as this. It was. It, it's insane.
1: Well, after all of this, Novak then held the Asia tour, and uh, he <laughs> promised <laughs> he promised the tour would adhere to local guidelines. Well, the test determined that was a lie. Uh, the tour not only saw packed stadiums of non-masked patrons at multiple tour stops, but Djokovic and Viktor Troisky were shaking hands and hugging in Belgrade, taking selfies with fans. Then Novak, Dominic Team, Sasha Zverev, and Grigor Dimitrov were all filmed partying in a packed nightclub that weekend. Then they got to Croatia Shirtless. where there were... <laughs> shirtless you right shirtless then they got to Croatia where there were no lockdown measures so no one was even advised to you know distance socially but here comes Grigor with the positive Rona test, swiftly followed by another positive Rona test from Borna Then here comes Victor Troisky, Novak Djokovic, and his wife Elena with three with more positive tests, as well as Troisky's pregnant wife and Grigor Dimitrov's coach and Novak's co-coach and former Wimbledon champ Goran Ivanisevic. Novak's father then tried to blame Grigor for all the positive tests. <laughs> That poor man. Woo. And then Novak stated a couple of weeks later that he felt as if he was subject to a witch hunt. Woo. Listen,
2: there's there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there.
3: A lot. It really is. It
0: really like, is.
2: They <laughs> they had an entire kids day at this age at this year tour thing. An entire kids day, surrounded by a bunch of children and everybody taking pictures and selfies. They played a soccer game where they were all over each other. They played a basketball game where they were all over each other. Nights out on the town. It was insane. And to sit there and, like, literally say to our faces that they were gonna be following, you know, social distancing guidelines and all that kind of stuff. Like, and then be posting all these pictures and doing all this stuff out for the world to see. You just basically spat in the public's face and got coronavirus in the process.
1: I mean, honestly, like, most of what they were doing would be considered, um, on some level, pretty disgusting uh, in, in a normal world. But then you have everything that's going on in our world right now on top of that added to it. And there was just so much irresponsibility on the parts of pretty much everybody involved. I do, there is a part of me that like,
3: wants to give them a little bit of grace because a lot of the discourse of like disapproval has become, like has come from like a US-based fan base where honestly we don't really have much of a platform to judge others on their coronavirus you know, approaches and the government's, you know, social distancing practices, et cetera. So there is a part of me where it's like a lot of us are really upset about the fact that people of, you know, big name got sick at a very public event put on very, by a very public player and a very public entourage. And we're upset because they didn't really do any of the things that we have been told to do here but at the same time you know we you know in the US don't i mean we we we've, we've struggled with a lot of those same issues so you know maybe those you know restrictions in Croatia probably were a lot less severe than they were here when we're dealing with you know phase 2 whatever like probably their conditions were a lot more relaxed than we are facing here but we also expect that these top players would take a little please? bit of autonomy to protect them all the, to, to protect themselves to
1: can you do a little me? bit more Donnell, we can hear Hello? you, can you not hear me? We, we can so, hear what you what just happened oh lord jesus i couldn't hear shit we can we can oh, hear no. you okay Dad, cool. do you hear me did you hear my whole diatribe Yes, I, I did. did. I, I did. I did. <laughs> and it, and it, was, it was great, and it was very insightful.
3: Because I was okay, going cool. off, and I was like, y'all are being silence and I don't know if y'all are <laughs> being, like, observant and, like, respectful If you guys just silently disagree. I wasn't sure. I didn't hear a word of it.
1: I heard it all, I, but I just, you know, I was just, I was listening. I was taking it. In. <laughs> Basically, Donna, my point was that,
3: if you can hear me now, can you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you. My point was essentially that... Uh, we here in the US have fucked up so much that we are a little bit like like sensitive to the point where it's like, eh, hey, crazy. So it's like maybe in Eastern Europe the, the 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 restrictions might have been more relaxed than we are used to here, but that does not excuse the players from taking their own initiative to protect themselves and the the health of all of the other players that they're inviting to these events into an environment where they're subjected to a crowd full of people and a crowd, like we're doing full on like meet and greets and we're doing signing events. And you're like, of course I'll hold your pen and sign your poster and hand it back to you. And like all these other things where maybe if they had been a little bit more cognizant of the, the ramifications of that, it might've been better. Um, and obviously they should have done better because they didn't do enough to protect themselves. Uh but that was my that was my soapbox.
2: Right. My my whole thing my whole thing is even if even if the restrictions there were, you know, a bit more relaxed, I just I feel like they couldn't be as relaxed as it looked. Like it was it was insane. Like for them to have so many people there and to be doing so much like face to face and all that touching and everything that they were doing, it was insane, and it really, it it really drove me up a wall. And and for them to sit there, you know, trying to defend it as it was happening, then to start apologizing after the fact, saying you know they should have done this and shouldn't have done this, it's like I'm going to hear that shit now. Yeah, you sick, you deserved it.
3: That's exactly it. it. Was the it was the indifferent approach while it was happening, and then the like the defensive part of it once it like. People started testing positive. It was like, well, you were you were very sure that it wasn't going to happen, and then it happened, and now it's no one's fault.
2: It was no, it's it's Grigor
1: Dimitrov's fault, apparently. And
2: that, yeah, that that made me so mad. That made me so mad that they were trying to blame that man because that man spent this the entire time before. I mean, we literally saw in quarantine. Yeah, we literally saw on social media. Yeah, he was by himself, and he spent you know his entire time in the United States. Quarantining. Didn't do anything. He gets there, gets sick, and now all of a sudden it's his fault. Bullshit. Novak's dad yeah,
1: talking about we don't know where he was before he came here. Well, nigga, we don't know where you were before you got here either. Like, what were you doing?
3: But they could have known. They could have tried to know, but they didn't.
1: Yeah, because they didn't care. That's the whole point right there. They didn't even try to check.
2: Shoot and then freaking they went. They a few weeks later, America wants to have their own, you know, exhibition in like Atlanta or whatever. And and Tiafo test positive. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs)
3: Those men could not not get it together.
1: He also played feeling sick and feverish, right? Yeah, I, I, I didn't see his match, but I saw his interview and he said that he wasn't feeling well in the interview. Hello, like, stupid. Can I just say that I literally like hit on a court
3: next to him, like literally maybe 10 days before he came out with that? And I was like, oh my God, really? <laughs> Francis, <laughs> what is your deal?
2: It was fucking terrible. I mean, like what's going through their heads? And mind you, the women, the women had, had exhibitions this whole time too. But none of them got sick. At least, you know, they at least they didn't disclose that they did. But the men were just rampant. With this virus. Yeah, I didn't see terrible. any.
1: The, the women had some in Charleston and all kind of stuff, and I didn't see anything about the women getting sick, like at all. The only thing they I were, saw but, was where Danielle Collins got shut out at, you know, at World Team Tennis because she broke protocol. She
2: but, left.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Um, but um, the women, like, we saw pictures of the women,
2: like, they were distancing. They weren't shaking hands, they 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 absolutely. They were, you were. Know, tapping brackets and all that kind right. of stuff. The men, they weren't doing that. They were hugging and holding hands and all kinds of everything, like they, you know, like it's a normal exhibition. Stupid.
3: I need one of you to like call Billy Jean because I am blocked by uh world team tennis and I don't understand why.
2: <laughs> world team tennis of all Twitter I, accounts.
3: Of all I I, I, I support you, Billy. What what's the deal? Why am I blocked? I've never tweeted anything negative at them. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: you
2: must have been collateral damage at some point.
3: Apparently. Someone help me. Any of the
1: listeners, please help me. <laughs> um, I, there were some uh, do you want to talk about the other exhibitions there was um, you know the Murray's were they put on two different uh, cycles of their exhibition
2: oh that British thing
1: yeah um, the first yeah, one was just men's singles and then this last one was all mixed up so I think even Judy was playing like there were a lot of women and it was mixed doubles and doubles and singles and and women's singles what? and it was like, it was, so it, it seemed like it was pretty fun. Um, yeah, and they got some tennis in. I don't, I didn't see, Andy Murray, he played, he played that first cycle. Um, I think he lost uh, in the semis or something like that. He didn't get to play the final match, but uh, he didn't, This second cycle, I didn't see him play any singles, so that was interesting. Especially considering he's, you know, playing these tournaments here in the US this summer.
2: Yeah. Um, I didn't watch any of that. Didn't really keep up with it, but you know, shout out to them. Shout out to everybody doing safe exhibition.
1: Shout out to all of them. That's true. Yeah. Um, back to Novak. Uh, and I saw this earlier this week and I sent it to you. The, uh, they were reporting that there was uh, a couple of secret zoom calls amongst the ATP players. Um, it was said earlier this week that, uh, the top 20 were planning to collectively withdraw if they weren't (laughs) assured that they don't have to quarantine in Europe coming back after the U S open, um, specifically just because the French open is two weeks after the U S open this year in, in Paris still. And so, uh, there's, you know, they're afraid that they're going to have to uh, go back to Europe and quarantine for two weeks. And that's not great timing. Um, uh, Eventually, it was determined that they are not going to withdraw. I'm, I'm sure some players like Dominic TM just absolutely refused, because, you know, his place. everything. So, uh, absolutely was not going to miss. Um, but for now, Novak. Is the only of the big three still left uh, on the players list for the U.S. Open? With of course Roger being out with injury and Rafa um, choosing not to travel to America. Um, uh, low key shocked about Rafa not playing, just a little bit. But also yeah, I'm a little not bit too.
2: surprised at the same time. Also not surprised at the same time. Like I figured, you know, like I said, um, like I told y'all earlier before the show, I figured the players would have to choose between New York and Paris and of course Rafa would choose Paris. Um but I just I kind of wish he didn't cite uh like the coronavirus and stuff as his reason for skipping because Paris plans on having like fans and everything in the stands over there and I feel like if he plays there it's just going to look he's going to look kind of goofy. Um but I mean it is what it is
3: and uh Yeah, which has been... I think citing the coronavirus is a, a very, you know, appropriate, you know, reason because, you know, when you consider the way that Europe has handled the virus compared to the way that we have, it's, I mean, obviously New York is a very different spot than a lot of other places right now, but you also can't expect Rafa to try to defend his U.S. Open title and then go quarantine back, you know, in the the EU for two weeks without being able to train, because from what I'm hearing is that these players are literally going to have to, like, be in a room for, you know, once they get back until the results come back. So, you know, I can understand why a lot of these players like Zvitalina or Bertens or Nadal are like, you know, I have a much better chance on clay. Why am I even going to risk it? Right. And, you know, some of these players that go to the U.S., they might test positive. And, you know, here I am with a wide open field to a U.S. Open or a French Open final. Who knows? Yeah.
2: It's, it's going to be an interesting end of the year, I'll tell you that. I just...
3: Um. Crazy.
1: Speaking of Rafa, do you, since he's your favorite player, do you want to talk about uh, him uh, with these Black Lives Matter posts and how he's hiding people's comments and shit? Do you want to talk about that? Uh,
2: that was so weird. And my, listen, I, <laughs> I I don't even know what to say for real, for real. It, it was very strange. And I'm almost 100% sure Rafa doesn't actually tweet from his account. His team does that. So I I feel weird you know saying it was him doing it but he definitely faces the blame even if it was somebody that that was that worked you know that worked part of his team and it, it it's very strange and very shocking and I don't understand the point behind it. I really don't get it seriously especially after you know sort of you know like kind of sort of kind of vocalizing your support, in a way, and then, very
1: like, lazily. Yeah, did the like a,
2: like exactly like a lot of like a lot of people, and then um I don't know hiding links to, to petitions and 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 uh, charities
3: and stuff like that. It was it was very weird, very weird. See, I'm also a total Rafa stan, but when did he even softly vocalize any support? I did don't, he I don't did remember. he post the black square?
2: That's
1: it.
3: That's uh, all he did. Uh, uh, it was the Black yeah. Square. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what okay, I'm talking about. Okay, so, so my question remains. When did he even <laughs> softly advocate for anything? You know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing I can think of. Right. So, I mean, him disabling comments, even if it was just his team, it, I mean, it was probably his team that posted the Square 2 then. So it was like, so where did right, he true. actually, you know... That's all. All of them are to blame for not doing yeah. enough. It's weird. Terrible look.
1: Um, the U.S. Open withdrawals sort of started and were spurred uh, by Nick Kyrgios, um, <laughs> who has been involved in quite a bit of ATP drama. Uh, Over the last couple of months, um, it's pretty much been him versus everybody on the ATP. Uh, He has really, really been going at some of these people. Uh, Novak and Borna Chorich, namely the most. He and Borna have been going back and forth uh, on social media. But uh, he has has not held back in his thoughts about how irresponsible they were. Um, And... Torres tried to come back with some retort about uh, Nick's on-court behavior. And <laughs> so that's when they got to call the names and stuff, because, I mean, you're comparing on-court behavior to, you know, uh, valuing and and respecting actual lives. So they're not at all on the same playing field with those two things. Um, but Torres didn't have anything else to come at him with. And uh, he, you know. He had to I quietly bow out. That. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> he, he really got red. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like
2: he, Kyrus had he had words uh, with team at one point too, didn't he? Yes, he like, did. It, it was it, it was a lot, and I mean, I appreciated him taking these taking these people to task because they were, really were out here looking goofy, doing the dumb, doing dumb shit.
3: Seriously, and Curis was the only person a really who funny saying anything. Like when I when I hear Nick Curio speak, I'm not one to be like, "Wow, what in, what an intellectual!" Like, what right. someone someone can make such precise points. <laughs> so it's so funny to me to see him out here on Twitter, just like calling people dumb and donuts and albatrosses and just all sorts of waterfowl and like. No one can come at him with anything else because all of the points he's making are completely valid.
0: Exactly. And so that,
3: even though even though his like his like what he's going out about is usually not most, you know, effective way, no one can come at him because the points he's making
2: are completely valid. One hundred percent. And people like people try to invalidate his points by saying that he posted a picture like at a restaurant or at a club or something, but down in Australia and New Zealand, they have handled this thing like nobody else. <laughs> they are perfectly fine to go out and, and you know have a good time. Yeah, it, I saw it's completely, some shit about it's New completely Zealand completely today. They're doing really well. Yeah. Yeah, they have what they haven't had a case in like a hundred days or some shit. So?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: hundred days without a case. Should I, I wish. Hmm. <sighs> um mm-hmm. Other ATP drama, Fonini, you know, has continued being trash. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I mean, earlier this year, I saw something where he uh, talked some shit about Yannick Sinner, and said that he wasn't convinced that, that was gonna be a, that Yannick Sinner was gonna be a good player yet or anything. Um, he mentioned his uh, comeback plan for his wife Flavia. Did y'all see that?
2: No, wait,
1: a comeback a comeback come plan for her? Like she's trying for to come back her, tennis? for her to come back.
2: She better sit down somewhere and raise that child.
1: Listen, um, you know, Flavia is Flavia's not that old and uh the last time she played she won. So uh <laughs> That's true. She might. You know, I, I I was very shocked that she even retired when she did. So I, can I was see surprised it. she retired too, but I don't see her coming back. Like long. it's been yeah, five years at this point.
3: To,
1: I mean, it's so been like, eight for Kim and she came back. But like slam, like Kim won some
3: slams. Like is Flavia trying to come back and like? I mean, she won. Flavia won, won a like, slam.
1: Okay, a, like, let's okay, let's not like, and tight, and Indian Wells title. Let's not take that away from her.
3: No, I'm trying to, but she's trying to make to come back to make a like
1: quarterfinal in Dubai. Like, I mean, what okay, is she so here's the, thing. the first time exactly. Kim came back, Kim only had one slam, too. So let's be real. Then we've had players like somebody like Kimiko Date Crumb was gone for how long? 15 years and came back and didn't do shit. So they just, they they do what, you know, like, but Christopher came back. I don't, I don't but like the crisis compared to has been
3: some like some like serious slam finals before right. that. Right. You know, Flavia came through a very soft draw to make herself some money, but (laughs) it's not like like she was, like, winning these year-ending titles every year or anything, you know?
0: I'm you was Kim, though.
2: Kim was in those slam finals, though. Kim made...
1: Kim made uh, a quite couple a few of kids. other no. She she made a couple of other slam finals outside.
2: Right, outside of winning that She had been world number one, and you know, like she she she
0: achieved she a lot. She had a, a
2: four finals before she retired. Let's like, come on now. Right. And so, and comparing that to Panetta, who, you know, that was her maiden slam final, where she got to play uh Vinci
1: Of course, that's she won. That's um,
2: yes, yeah, so let's stop harboring on that. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible season. Not a I mean, terrible
1: season. A terrible U.S. Open. Listen, if she comes back, she comes back. Anyway, this is about Fonini being trash and fat shaming Milos Raonic on Instagram. Uh, Shame. It was horrible.
2: <laughs> he said, "What do you say?" He said, he said, he said he, he, uh, "Raonic looked like he ate an elephant," and that uh, uh, Schwartzman posted the picture of those two. And Fonini wasn't the only person in the comments fat shaming. So oh, it, it was getting so bad that Schwartzman had to disable the comments on the picture, which was nice of him.
0: But yeah, um,
3: hey, it was awful. It got traction on Twitter too. That's that's how I heard about it. But um, good for Schwartzman for disabling the comments. And uh, I mean, Milos's girlfriend got uh, Fognini all the way together by posting that result of their match where. You know, uh, Fognini got a single game in the match and said, you got a breadstick and a bagel, go sit down somewhere. (laughs) So, hey.
2: Yeah, the the ATP has just been a a fucking sight for, for this whole entire quarantine. Seriously, those fools need to be on a tennis court somewhere.
1: Why can't
3: Andy Murray get the greatest things, of all time. Because, because these uh, I made they're to all When and that's it. I don't. I don't need to see the rest of the A- ATP. Like I'll, Andy can come back and just we'll just play like Andy versus Genich Center for the U.S. Open title, and I'll be fine. <laughs> We're done.
2: I'll take it.
1: Do y'all have any
2: other news? Uh, uh before we just before we uh, jump into start talking about this uh, start of the American swing, I want to run off the name of players who are already out of the American swing. Mm. Uh, Barty is out, Spitzelina is out, Burton's is out, Rafa, Stozer, Kyrgios, Stan, and uh, Kuznetsova. So they're not coming to America at all and just in that and those are those are only the people who have pulled out so far there's I'm sure there will be more people and just in this list that's four former US Open champions
1: out I mean I, I knew from jump that Stan wasn't coming because anything that he's posted tennis wise on social media has been on clay so he clay, was clearly yeah. was not even fucking with the idea of coming here yeah that, that
2: that's how I felt about Rafa for a while too but then he started practicing on hardcourt so I was like well maybe he is coming over here but then he decided not to. And also, uh, the entire Asian swing has been canned. At least China has. Has Japan been canned too? I thought Anybody it was know? all canned. I thought it was yeah, all canned.
1: I think yeah, it's I think it's
2: done. I think the whole Asian swing is a yeah, wrap. And that's that's a that's a particularly hard blow to the WCA because they have so much over there in the fall, including the year in championships. Yeah, I don't know.
3: I don't know. I've heard that the. the, the Where is know, the year China in China Shenzhen.
1: Shenzhen. Oh, that's right.
3: Shenzhen.
1: Yeah. Damn. It's, I haven't it's watched
3: it in instam- <laughs> Honey, it's not in Istanbul anymore. We forgot. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, but no, I think it's only the Chinese tournaments that have been canceled, but I, could, I, I stand to be corrected. But I think it's only the Chinese events so far. But so I, that, I mean, what that leaves, like, two. Two tournaments right. in Japan. So it's like Tokyo and <laughs> um, I don't know. Is that I body God. event still happening? I, I don't have know. no idea.
1: Um, you know, I was gonna say some some other shit that was about to age me, like <laughs> like, like Stuttgart, but that's. <laughs> That, that hasn't been in the fall for like i don't know like 13 years or something i'm sorry also, excuse me it also hasn't been in asia for
3: like 10,000 years honey yeah I don't, I don't know what you're
1: talking about no it was like like oh oh seven is 7 is last i remember Stuttgart being no oh eight. 8 i think Stuttgart was still in the in the fall in in oh 8 i'm sorry oh, you know, i just my 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 uh my my t- 2000s uh stats just way overriding my 2010 stats for, for, for professional tennis. I don't, for whatever reason, I could just remember everything like big babe era through 2010. I remember all that shit way better than I remember anything after 2010. So that sometimes my mind just does that. <laughs> oh, well.
2: um, yeah, this is, uh, this, this American swing is about to be interesting. And also the U S open, um, announced like more rules for their, um, for their bubble. Like, it's actually... It's going to be an actual bubble this time because when they first announced it, they... I guess they were just... They were, like, planning on to rely on the players to, you know, just not to go out into the city and, you know, rely on them to take their own health into consideration and the health of others. But now, they get... Like, they get ejected from the tournament if they leave the bubble. And, uh, like, if they're members of their team or their Daniel
3: coaches, Collins is right aware of that
2: rule. <laughs> if, they, if their coaches... Uh, or anybody from their team, like, leaves the bubble and returns, then they get, um, they have to leave immediately. Like, within, like, 24 hours, they have to leave, and they get their credentials revoked for next year's tournament. So um, I'm, I'm glad to see that there's, like, some consequences for people violating the bubble, because if there wasn't, then those people were just going to go do whatever they wanted to do.
3: Wait, but, like, was Danielle, she's literally the only one I could think of that was actually removed from that event. Yep. Yeah, that's
1: it. Everybody
0: Because
2: I there. think yeah, I think World Team Tennis is the only the only thing so far that's had an actual bubble like with a rule like that. I think they're the only one that's had anything like that so far. And um world team tennis was interesting to see because they they were I guess they were doing their best, but they weren't distancing that much, except for Venus. Venus had a mask and she wasn't standing next to these people, she wasn't touch shaking hands, it was strictly elbows and racket taps from her. It was
1: great to see that.
2: Listen, when you got an autoimmune um, disease. You cannot fuck around. Okay? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was. Um, it, it's interesting. I'm glad. I'm glad they have these, these rules in place, because they they would they're definitely gonna need it. Because as these players have already shown, they cannot be trusted. And Collins, when she got ejected, she said she, she didn't know that she couldn't leave or something. But, you know, she left and he told her ass to stay going.
1: Well, um, I guess we should move on and look at the upcoming tournament draws for this week. We have tournaments in Lexington and Prague. Um, in Lexington, uh, of course, we have the number one seed, Serena. Um, first of all, you know what? Shout out to Kentucky Derby Open or whatever y'all tournament is called for uh, waiting until the last minute yesterday for <laughs> these draws, because we were supposed to have this episode done already, and I don't know what took y'all so long. Uh, I this y'all first time doing this, but my goodness. Yeah, um, that draw, this draw came out so late and so weird. I do not understand. Um, anyway, back to Serena. She has her first now first round versus Bernardo Perra. Um, the interesting, super-duper interesting match in this section is a first round between Venus Williams and Vika Azarenka, um, which could be, uh, a popcorn match, or it could not. Um, uh, right. winner... Last time they played was also a first round, right? They played first round in Auckland last yeah, year. last year. Venus uh, won that one in three. And then the winner of that match plays the winner of Serena and Impero. Uh... Sloan Stevens is also in this quarter. Sloan Stevens, she got a, a walk to
2: the quarter, basically. She gets a qualifier, then she gets Rogers or Doy. Uh nah, Sloan might lose to Doy. Listen,
3: I mean, when's the last time Sloan won? anything Anything, right (laughs) let let, let alone (laughs) back-to-back matches to make a quarterfinal somewhere (laughs) so i don't think that any match is uh an overlook for her at this point i think she really needs to this is a really good opportunity for her i hope she really has had a good you know training block and she's feeling confident you know i feel like a lot of these tournaments right now are completely toss-ups because Yeah, like everybody. We have no exactly. This is like you know the the year is starting over at this point, and some players have different mentalities than they used to. I think I think a lot of you know younger or players that have you know played historically challengers or some you know lower quality events really might be able to punch through because they have a little bit more confidence with no crowds and. You know, with a little bit more, a little bit less media interaction, I really think that, you know, it's really going to be interesting to see which of these players can really punch through in a draw that, you know, in a normal week looks impossible. But we all see what Fiona Farrow did in Palermo this week, so you really, really never know.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, really most events on the WTA these days are toss-ups anyway. So, I mean, right. just add a whole nother layer of everybody pretty much starting over and it's going to be kind of crazy. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, the next quarter belongs to Amanda Anasamova, the fourth seed. She plays CC Bellis.
2: That is a very interesting first round. Uh, Bellis still on a comeback trail. She, she's been, you know, in and out of the game for a while. I think with like wrist problems, um, mm. I think it was. And um, that match, is, it's funny to me because Bellis is, you know, the veteran in this matchup with her being 21 and Anisimova and being 18. It's kind of mind-blowing that Bellis is 21 years old already.
3: That is crazy to think, but, you know, Amanda has, you know, good old Carlos in her corner, so I think, I think she's the favorite to make it out of that group. Oh, that yeah, quarter. for sure.
1: Jessica Pegula versus Vera Zavonareva is the first round also in this section. Um, I went and looked just for the hell of it. I didn't think I was going to find anything. But they have actually played before in 2018. And Jessica Pegula won that match. So I expect her to win again, probably.
2: Zavonareva's a little bit on the comeback trail too, right? Didn't she have a baby? Am I making this up?
1: I can't speak to that
2: let me check she retired
1: <laughs> i don't know if she has children or not but
2: I feel, I feel like she had a baby let's see let's see
1: listen i literally haven't seen her since serena played her in australia in 2015 like yeah she she uh she got married she got married and had a baby in 2016 oh wow okay so that was after serena played her i wonder why she disappeared okay how old is how old is vera
2: Veras is, is 30, 35.
1: Okay, that's, that's about what I thought. Um, Putin Seva is also here as the as the fifth seed. I don't know why I wrote that. Moving on, uh, the third seed is uh, Donnell's favorite, Joanna Conta. Ugh. Um. <laughs> she... She plays uh, Buskova in the first round, um, and I was I was talking to Andy about this the other day and thinking, like, uh, that might actually be a danger match for Conta, you know? So, uh, and I was right, because I went and looked, and Buskova won their only meeting in moderate earlier this year.
2: Nice. I hope she can do
1: it again. Same. Seriously. Send her ass packing.
2: Day um,
1: one. Magdalene is also here as the sixth seed. The last section belongs to Donnell's other fave, Arena Sabalenka.
2: This bottom half is just so unappealing.
1: Woo, Chile! (laughs) Um, She opens versus Madison Bringle. Uh, The eighth seed owns Jabor is here, and then uh, Coco Gauff is here versus the qualifier.
3: Um, You know, I saw someone on Twitter today saying that this is like... Coco's tournament to lose and you know a lot of really (laughs) aggressive things and it's really stressing me out as someone who's not Coco golf to think about the stress that people are putting on her yeah it's crazy what is she now 16 16 yeah so to be I can't imagine being in that position being like well Coco is expected to win this tournament when there are multiple slam champions and Wait, are there multiple Slam champions? There are. Yeah. Serena is right, right here. Yeah. They're all in the top quarter. They're all in the top I mean, quarter. There, You know, there are some Slam champions and Slam finalists here in the draw. So to think that, like, oh, this is her tournament to she lose. She would only is, have to be one know. of them.
1: True, because they're so all in so the same quarter.
3: <laughs> it's really crazy. I, 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 can't really, get over. I really, really want us to... Uh, us, meaning, like, the tennis community, to... Just appreciate her meeting Coco, and I just I don't I do not want us to be like, well, she's expected to win this tournament now. You know, she well, do you she's think made the fourth round of Wimbledon, so no yeah, she has to win this event. I think but, that she's very talented and she will do great things. I just I don't want us to burn her out.
1: Right. But do you think that is actual hardcore tennis media and fans, or do you think that is the occasional sports fan who saw her last summer? And the things some of the things that she was able to accomplish and now just wants to ride that hype still. Because I, I feel like I haven't seen a ton about her as far as expectations or anything of late.
3: I think it's both. I mean, you I mean, she caught the world's eye at Wimbledon last year. And so I mean, I'm not I'm not checking her pockets, but I'm sure she's getting, you know, crazy deals whether it's, you know, some endorsements or some other contracts or, you know, even if it's like promote this one product on Instagram, I'm sure she get a lot of money from that. So right. I'm sure she's getting flooded with a lot of offers. And I'm sure as a 16-year-old, that's very confusing and overwhelming. So I just really hope that she has a very good team around her that is able to like, keep her head in the right spot. And I just really don't want... You know the media, and it's but you know you know the tennis media is like so crazy and so intense, and you know we've seen it burn out a lot of young players throughout the years. And, you know, like Vitasova comes to mind, like as someone who I saw come up and just like wow. burn out. So that I, wasn't I so much the tennis media burning
1: her out, though. That's,
3: I mean, <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's Roddick wearing her out, but we don't yeah. want to deal with that. um I just don't. I just I'm really like hopeful that. You know, Coco was able to just tune all of that out and and let the tennis speak for itself. Is really what I'm
1: trying to say. She doesn't strike me as the type to really be uh, to like buy into hype. Yeah, I, she doesn't. She doesn't seem like the type to me. She seems very, even especially for her age, she seems like she has a really good head on her shoulders. She seems like she's very uh, in the moment, and she doesn't allow things to get out of control mentally and emotionally for herself that much. Um, at least not, you know, outside of the match. So right. it, it doesn't. To me, she doesn't strike me as a type that's going to buy into a lot of that stuff. I think she has with the team that she has around her, with her parents there. I think they they all have uh, the right goals and expectations in mind. I don't think she's going to let any outside interference really get in. She doesn't strike me as that type of person. Right. And um, I just want to say on the on her,
2: on you like you you said you hadn't heard a lot. Like in regards to her hype train lately, and I I think that's legit only because of the pandemic. Because she started the year great, you know, made the round of sixteen in Melbourne. She mm-hmm. took out Venus and Osaka on her way there. You know, it was, yeah, she was, it was it was it was gonna the the train was definitely going full steam ahead. And um, if she can get you know if she can get a couple wins here, I think it'll be it'll be right back. Um, I think. If, if she can make it to the second round, where she she likely face Sabalenka, I think that would be an interesting match.
1: Coco, girl, whoop her ass, please,
2: please. Seriously, send her ass. No, no pressure, too.
1: no pressure, but whoop her ass.
3: uh oh. it's really no secret that you do not tolerate Irina <laughs> at all, and I don't. <laughs> uh, I can't stand her. And anti- Oh, you too? No, no. You're you're also anti-Sabalenka.
2: I cannot stand her. I think I think my issue with her is, like, she was getting so hyped up. Yeah, like, she's the won, opposite of Coco. One uh, uh, American swing. Yeah,
1: exactly. She actually... She what was really it, like 2018? Her her. Absolutely. And she it had, was. like tw- I think
2: it was 2018, and she was... They, they were picking her to win the U.S.
1: Open, and it was, like,
2: blowing my mind. It, it was crazy.
1: Child, she had won, what, like, the City Open or something? And then, like even to, like coming into twenty nineteen, she either. was talking about she was coming into twenty nineteen. <laughs> in she open. was talking about, she was talking about winning a slam, and she had never been past the fourth round. She won like Tianjin
3: in twenty seventeen, and was like, "I'm gonna win, y'all!" starting open. <laughs> it was insane, this is
1: crazy. It was crazy. This is crazy. Um, so, do y'all have semifinalists in your head? Semi finalists for this tournament,
2: good lord, who like who
1: knows? It's it's crazy. I can't,
3: I I can't these days. I just wrote down four names, I really
1: don't care.
3: You know, I expect Serena to make it to the championship round of every event, yeah. Um, I don't expect anything different from this round. I think, um, I expect that she'll make it through you know that first round and. The, the idea of playing Venus or, or Azarenka is going to give her a really good you know induction back into competition. So I mean whether she wins or loses that round of 16 match against the winner of Venus or Azarenka, she's going to be like back into it. So if she makes it through that, I really can't expect anyone from the bottom half, the bat- the bottom three quarters of the draw to bother her at all, honestly. Yeah.
1: I have Serena Pagula semifinal and Buskova Sabalenka semifinal. And I'm just going to leave that there.
3: You know, Jessica Pagula is someone who I saw play for the first time last year here in DCA. I watched her make it to the final and... (laughs) You watch her play, and even when you're watching her play live, she does not come across as someone who you would pick to win any match because she's she's just very, you know, you know, like, win ugly, and she's, like, we're there to fight, and she knows she's, like, if she has to win 18-16 in the third set, she's there to win it. And, <laughs> like, it, you know, she very well could make it through that part of the draw. She's, like... She's really impressive to watch when you watch her win. And it's like, how did she even, I, I didn't see her hit a winner this whole match. How did she win? <laughs> but it's really like, she's really impressive. Um, I'd like to see a Serena
2: and over semifinal. That's what I want. Just cause I, I want Amanda
3: to go as far as she possibly can what's out the number of times that i have watched that Auckland semi-final just to like <laughs> give me some like i just need some sort of positivity in 2020 like like let me just i've had a bad day let me watch that semi-final like a cleanser and so <laughs> if we if we get a repeat of that again i'm here for it and i yes, i also I'm definitely down that. for that i, I like amanda Um, I don't love that she works with Carlos I'm gonna put that out there that makes me feel a little bit icky but that's not her fault if if Carlos called me up I'd probably work with him too Uh, so but I, I I do want the best for her she gives me she gives me you know vibes of someone who is really sweet and wants to do a good job so I hope she does well too
1: be, be be uh be clear when you say Carlos because there's a couple of Carloses we don't like.
3: Carlos Rodriguez. Hopefully okay. you're listening how I'm talking about you. <laughs>
1: um moving on to Prague. Huh. Um Hollop, Simona Hollop is the number one <laughs> seed.
2: <laughs> The way you said that.
1: <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> um she plays uh Hercog in the first round. Uh the eighth seed Pavly is in this section. She plays a Roos. Uh Sevastova is also here. So yeah. Um, Can I just take one small like
3: sidestep to the fact that some tennis channel intern talked about how Arantxa Roos won some title in 1990s, <laughs> today, on Twitter. And then everyone just, like, piled on and was like, you mean Arancha Sanchez Picardio? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they need to stop letting these little teenagers mean, run these accounts now. Like, you come mean, on. You mean the one that Roos is named after? You mean that? Exactly. Whole, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> one of them is a slam <laughs> champion
3: the other one is a kleister's champion
1: wow i mean my god (laughs) the disrespect child like at least do your research before you post something i mean that's not hard wow Mm. um the next section belongs to the four c just tramska um she plays Bagoo. That's all I gotta say, we to move on. Honestly, Bagu
3: is a really good clay court player, so hopefully that's a Take distraction.
1: Her out. Take her out, sis. Um, Fiona Farrow, Andy mentioned her earlier. Um, she's in this section. Uh, she is 15-0 and 0, uh, during this time of Rome, yeah? Uh She played several exhibitions in France, um, beating Ledenovic twice, as well as Elisa Cornet. Uh, and then she beat Alexandrova Irani Georgie and Contovite in Palermo this week only dropping one set to Georgie um she was I believe was setting a set in the breakdown against Georgie too before coming back um mm-hmm. she started getting a few more balls then and then Camilla started doing what she usually do uh
3: saves so, the match points if I yeah understand. yeah
1: um <coughs> so she's on a little streak um Barbara Streetsova is also here. She's the seventh seed. Uh, the next quarter is for Elise Mertens as a three seed. She plays Paulini. I don't even know who that is. Me either. Um, The Paulini
3: also had some good wins in uh, oh. Palermo. I can't remember who she beat. <laughs> But I do remember she won a couple of rounds of Palermo. She's she's tough. Before. And I don't I don't know that Mertens has played any professional matches since Corona. So that could be tough. That could be tough for Mertens in an opening round. Um this Paolini girl is black. So shout out to her.
0: Oh hey girl.
3: Seriously,
2: get get this dub. All right, girl. Right
1: um Asud Kudamatova is here. I think that's how you say that. I don't know versus Bouchard uh, Siniakova is here versus Zinsac and then Georgie is also here
2: uh, I expect then, Georgie to move through this just based on the fact that she has you know, so many matches under her belt right now compared to everybody two else
1: good weeks in a row?
2: you know
3: you make an excellent point I mean you also think about, you know, like Paviachenkova, she won the uh she won the UTS event. That's also I mean, it's on hardcore but she's feeling very confident. Um, I mean Halep, who, you know, she's also very confident on Clay. So that could be this could be a really good section for Anastasia. And then in the bottom half, you know, you got Georgie who just made the semifinals almost you know, she really could have won that tournament and yeah. And and Palermo, um, and you've got you know a lot of players in the bottom. Martic who made the semis and Palermo. Yeah, we didn't Paolini, we didn't get to mention
1: Martic Martic yet. So Martic is the two seed, uh, and she opens versus Gracheva, another name I've ever seen. And then Alexandrova is also in this the, this last section versus Kasakina. So we didn't get to mention those names um, that are also. Here, so I guess I mean, Alex and Jova had a pretty good week too. It's wild to me to see how quickly
3: uh, Dasha Katsakina has fallen off. I mean, she really didn't have an overwhelming game to begin with, but exactly when she was confident, she, the way that she was able to, you know, switch up the pace and just really alter the the rhythm of a match. When she was feeling, you know, fully confident, she was a very tough player to play against, especially on clay. So it's really crazy to see how quickly she's completely lost confidence and fallen off. I mean, she's losing first rounds almost every week these days, so... Yeah,
2: consistently. And it's not surprising to me at all because (laughs) a a lot of these girls, you know, when they're working their way up, they... I guess it's like it's almost like they stop working on their game as they're going up. They just keep things simple. And then when these other girls figure out their game, they don't know what to do. They're lost, and they're tumbling from the top. And Which I think that's what like, happened to Yes,
3: her. absolutely. But, like, someone like Asakina, she doesn't... <laughs> her game is very simple. So it's funny to feel like she could be, like she does keep it simple. I mean, she's very spinny. She likes to Mm -hmm. do in like the slices and drop shots and like, she's not blasting people off the court, even when she's playing well. So what, what is she lacking that really, like she's just missing a lot of depth, I guess, like people, she's just letting people take advantage of her, you know, aggressively on the court, I guess. But the fact that she as someone who considered herself you know the female and the doll that she's really see I think off. that is why
2: I can't stand her because that was just the craziest craziest thing to to, to say it was it, it was foolish and then she out here looking stupid <laughs> and she went, oh well and,
3: and here
0: she is looking stupid
2: so looking dumb it's crazy though because she she was for a couple for a couple seasons. She was you know she was playing pretty she was playing pretty well doing doing well. She uh, she beat Venus once, twice. I don't know. And then pushed her pushed Venus you know to the limit at Wimbledon. And then the last time they played, I'm pretty sure Venus fucking destroyed her. So um, yeah, was... I, I
3: remember her being very very you know competitive and very uh, very tough out on the clay, especially especially the red clay for a couple of seasons. Uh, But, you know, she has just completely lost the plot. And Alexandrova has been, you know, she was another player. Like I mentioned earlier, Alexandrova and um, Rivakina, you know, both of those two were on a complete tear, honestly, at the beginning of the year. And so both of them, you know, have had, kind of lost a little bit of their momentum. But yeah. Alexandrova you know can really make it through this this quarter of the draw. I don't really see much, you know, until she runs it to Martich. but um who really cares? It's
2: who, you know, who really cares about this whole tournament? Wrong. Like look at this. Yeah, <laughs> like look at this. Like it was. what what would please me here is if Bouchard managed to to win a, a few matches. I would like to see her get a couple wins under her belt. But is that going to happen? Absolutely not.
3: I would love if, like, Bouchard made it to the final, and then they were like, oh, we don't have a finalist. Let's bring back Maria. Here
0: we
3: go. <laughs> um, I mean,
2: it's easy to say Halep is going to, you know, move through this and win this tournament, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if she lost in the first round.
3: Like, I want her to do that, but then I'm like, if she loses in the first round here, she's going to, like, win the French Open. Like, that's just how she (laughs) is. So, like, let me just get, like, a couple of third rounds each way and we'll call it even.
1: Yeah, I absolutely um, don't expect her to lose at all. So, I don't,
2: I'm on the other side of that. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think her doing well here would, I think, encourage her a little bit more to pull out of the U.S. Open. But, I also don't. At this current point, I don't expect her to pull out, at all. Like I I feel like she'll find she'll find some way to to make it (laughs) to make it to both slams without without her quarantine process. The the top players are going to figure
3: it out. Well, we know Serena's gonna figure it out. I mean, well, she said uh, at her press conference—I think it was yesterday—she said that she fully intended on playing the French Open if it was held as scheduled. So, oh. I mean, if she's planning on playing it, I think uh, I think it's fair to say that most players are gonna make the attempt at least. I think I think it's a little bit
2: easier for Serena. Just for the simple fact that she's American, so she's already here, and either way, she would have to like go through that quarantine process. Like, if those European players so, decide not to come here, then they would have to,
3: you know, they would have so, to. So,
2: so why the hell
3: is Patrick taking four commercial flights to get here to Lexington? Weird, right? Serena, Serena, and Patrick both make more than enough money for him to fly private. Yeah, yeah. that was weird. So, why is he taking four commercial flights to get here? Very weird. I, that part is like I, I don't get it. She said that she was very neurotic about it and she was very concerned about the whole you know isolation thing and here comes Patrick off of several international flights and
0: <laughs> there has to be there
2: has to be some kind of explanation to that. There has to be because it doesn't make any sense.
3: Like I want to. I I, I do not doubt that they have it figured out, but me as um you know random person who has a Twitter account and very skeptical.
2: I don't know. It's very strange. But good luck to everybody. Most of them, at least.
3: Honestly, good, good luck. To, go, honestly, good luck to everybody. I don't. I I do not. Quit. You know, I do not wish, you know, poorly on anyone except for Justin and it, but um, I do not wish poorly on anybody and I do not wish anyone to catch this virus. I hope everyone for the the sake of the tennis tour and for the sake of all these players and anyone who's around, I really hope this is successful because a lot of these players need... This income and they need this engagement and these matches and these wins. So um I really hope it's able to continue as successfully as and as safely as possible.
2: Yeah, I really hope... <clears throat> I hope things go off without you know, without a hitch. Like everybody comes in, does what they're supposed to be doing in regards to their quarantining and all that kind of stuff, and we just move through these, you know, few weeks. And and get the season back rolling, and you know go from there. I feel like the, I feel like the success of these tournaments in this bubble will help determine the way things pro- progress for the rest of the, the rest of the year, and maybe even as you know into early next season.
1: So I know that they sound like they're closing out the show. We are not done. Um, (laughs) The next segment is three to watch. So I asked y'all to prepare the names of three players, specifically just on the WTA, because ATB ain't doing nothing right now, um, that you thought might make some moves on this little uh, summer tour that we have going here. Um let's see. Andy, our guest, would you like to start?
3: I would love to.
1: Um
3: my first person is obviously uh Miss Yona Farrow. She really <laughs> I had never really seen her play before uh Palermo and I watched a couple of her matches this year and she is a beast she's she's so impressive to watch and um she's a very positive player so i really i i expect her to do a lot of damage if she can continue this type of confidence um the other player that i um was thinking about (laughs) funnily enough sarah Irani, Ms. sarah she came back on tour in Palermo serving overhand, which is a revolution for her. Uh, (laughs) She won a couple of matches. She was making first serves and second serves. She beat a couple of players in tight matches. She beat a Pliskova sister. So I'm very pleased about that. Um, She did a really good job. And honestly, from someone who was hitting like 45 double faults a match to having to serve underhand to just survive and win a point here and there to someone who was winning matches at a WTA event is like, uh, huge for me. Um, and then the other player that um, I was thinking about, um, I tried to pick players that are a little bit under the radar and obviously I'm a little bit limited with the people that are playing right now. Uh, Pavia Chankova did a really, really, really good job at the UTS event um she i watched the way she completely tore apart a couple of players to win that whole thing and she's not playing the u.s open which is a little bit of a shame because i think she really could have gone pretty pretty far at the u.s open considering how well she played at the on the hard courts Um, But she's always someone who can really show up, and she doesn't really fear a big name in a a match. So she's always someone who's a little bit of a danger match. So I think she could really do good um, at the French. And those are my three.
2: Okay, uh, my three, not as interesting as his quite predictable on my part uh pharaoh just because you know she just she just did so well in uh where was she playing palermo yes i think that would okay palermo, she did so well in palermo no no, no. that yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah whatever who cares let's just <laughs> she <laughs> she beat she
3: beat the bitches up in palermo okay yeah she shout really out to bad. her
1: and then
2: of course Serena Williams because I mean you always got to watch Serena Williams especially coming off a long layoff we and right now we say everybody's on like the same kind of the same level playing field but we know how Serena does after she's been out for a while like we know how t- she can bounce back into things we don't know how the rest of these girls do <clears throat> so i but um this is a completely different kind of layoff cuz it's not really injury or just her extra long off season so I think it'll be interesting to see how she handles this one and of course Simona Halep just because I don't know just because she's Halep and also she's you know making these these little threats about not playing New York and
1: and stuff and
2: I don't I don't think she's gonna stick to it but um but we'll see
1: My three to watch are Serena, of course, um, Kim Kleisters. Uh, she's oh pretty God, I good about her. at World Team Tennis. Y'all keep forgetting about Kim. Now Kim is the other one who knows how to come back. Okay, so um, watching her, Uh, She seems to be striking the ball very well and very hard. She is smacking the shit out of the ball. And then um, my third is Sophia Kennan. The girls are not taking Sophia Kennan as seriously as they need to. Okay. But sis won the Australian this year. Let's not forget. Okay. So um, I think she's going to be out to prove that she is not a one hit wonder. And uh, she's going to be doing some things this summer. She also looked okay at World Team Tennis. So, you know, uh I think she's I think she's one to watch this summer still on these on these courts. she got to I think, the clay and everything.
3: I think Sonia Kendon is a really good pick because uh she's someone who does not self-destruct very often and she's someone who's a very tough out especially i did see a couple of her matches at world team tennis and she tough she did she or did she not beat venus and sloan both at that event so i think she's tough i think she (laughs) I, i honestly like someone who is that young who comes up and wins a slam especially in recent memory you would think that those players are the types that like run out of steam and get a little self-confident or um, a little self-conscious and, like, you know, can, you know, blow it early. But the way that she's carried herself post-Rona and post Slam victory, especially in World Team Tennis, I think she she can do good. I also think she played that Charleston uh, exhibition that they had. Yeah, and I think, I think she, she, she She beat Madison and maybe Sloan and Daniel Collins there, too. So, You know, that's a really good pick, Cedric. Good job. Yeah, that is a good
2: pick. And I I didn't think about her at all, which is a shame, because she did win the Australian Open this year. Um, It's going to be very interesting to watch her uh, for the rest of this year, because as we've seen, these new girls, when they win a slam, a lot of times they kind of go away. Um, And I'm not... We're looking at you,
3: Yelena
2: Ostapenko. We're looking at you. I'm not... um, I'm not hundred percent sure if, if she'll be up to I I guess like backing up what her current status is as a slam champ. Um, but we'll see, see, because she'll be, the next slam she goes into will be the US Open and there won't be any crowd there to, you know, for her to feel the, the pressure of, even though it's a home slam. Um she's in a completely new environment. And
3: I think it
2: really I mean I think you she think might handle out pretty well.
3: I mean, thinking about in Australia, I don't think that anyone in that stadium wanted her to win that final either. I think everyone was, yeah. was you know, yeah. waiting yeah. for for Garvinia to really push through again. And you think about her match against Coco in Australia, no one wanted her to win that match either. Um, I think she really punched through a lot of matches where she didn't really have crowd support at all. And I don't really right. think she cares. I think listen yeah i'm the same way she's someone who is very immune to that pressure yeah and and i think
1: she really i think she thrives on it to be honest i really do she's
3: very medvedev-like and just don't yeah i don't even
1: care i mean so if when you compare so let's let's compare the we don't want to talk about it but last year's us open final where you know the crowd got so loud that at one point bianca was plugging her ears up um i'm only bringing that up because last year at the french open um, when Sophia Kenan played Serena, like that was one of the first times I can ever remember in Serena's entire career, the French Open crowd being that pro Serena. They were super loud for Serena. As- um, and Kenan did not get phased by it at, all. And, not I, I, at and, all and I always I always talk about how I saw her at Fed Cup last year in April and I, I didn't really think much of her at the time I knew she had won some titles prior to coming here for Fed Cup mm-hmm. but you know still like she was up and coming and all that and I didn't really pay that much attention um, Madison Keys was in that lineup Sloan was in that lineup so it wasn't really paying attention yep. to Kennan but um, she played that second day and it, it, it wasn't that she had anything super-duper special about her game, but she's it's, she's super-duper smart. Um, she plays the right so shot at the right smart. time. And yes. like I said, with, with, with that combination and her thriving on the pressure the way she does and the come-up to watch her from that Fed Cup match last year, that one Fed Cup match that she played that was pretty much a dead rubber at the time, to coming and winning the Australian this year and like you said like the crowds were very much so against her again I, I think that's why I say the girls are really not taking her as seriously as they should be because I don't think she's I, mentally I don't think she's that fragile I really don't yeah and that,
2: you, you make you make an excellent a point. point you make an excellent point because she even beat she even beat Barty in the semis in Australia yeah and mm-hmm. that, you beat the hometown the hometown girl in straight sets right
3: world there world one Barty player loves, yeah. Yeah, Barty loved to- Scared that whole fact.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. She's very so intense yes. too. You feel her presence. Like she makes you feel her presence. She makes sure that you feel yes. it. So and like I, I, I honestly
3: have never understood like the way that this is like just me being a tennis player, but like the way that Sophia sh- like tosses her serve while standing. Oh my at the god! Ground.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs>
3: it's so weird.
1: It's so I, weird. I
3: would I don't know how she. I don't. I don't know how she ever does it, catches but like it, ever. that. That alone is like just the highlight of how mentally strong she is because she knows that she doesn't have to make contact, eye contact with the ball. She knows she's gonna hit an ace. Like she just, she won't. But like she knows that she's gonna like hit this ball exactly the spot that she wants to go because she is just that mentally rock solid and like. You saw in so many matches in Australia it was like a oh, huge point, thirty yards, break point down, and like here is like a perfectly carved drop shot, you know, winner on like a break point or a thirty yard point, and yeah. it's just like the way that she is able to play those smart patterns over and over again, and the way she's able to figure out opponents and figure out their own patterns and how they affect her, like. That's really impressive. Like, yeah, that, that's, I, don't, I don't love watching her play. But, <laughs> but I love I love how innovative she is and like how creative she is. Right. And that's the thing with her. Like she
2: like through that entire run in Australia, she wasn't, you know, beating the girls down or blowing anybody off the court. She was figuring everybody out because most of her matches there were, were pretty tight. Even the ones that she won in straight sets. It was, you know, a couple seven five sets and some some tiebreakers in there.
3: God, I really wanted Mugurufe to win that match so bad.
2: <laughs> I was cheering for her, But too. she,
3: no, she did such a good job against her. Like, I I remember very early in that first, that the first couple points in that third set, she was down, like, triple break point, and she hit, like, three winners after very long points. Yeah. To, like, get it back on serve, and it was just so good. Like, it was, like, wow, like, Sophia is, she's a real deal. I mean, I honestly also think that her like rubbing shoulders with like the very elite, like Kim Kleister's like doing these whole like tennis channel like interviews when she was just a baby. Like, yeah, that really helped her. I feel like her being able to like get exposure to these like elite players from a very leery age and like her like really believing that she was one of the elite was like, That's so crucial. I think she really has, you know, adopted that mentality. So I like I will repeat, I don't love watching her play, but I really I think that she's she's definitely one to watch.
1: Sis also let y'all know that she's been practicing. Um, She said that she was practicing five days a week this entire time she would allow herself to take off the weekends but she was practicing five days a week so and serena
3: goes i don't practice but here are my bicep's that's bad <laughs>
1: uh, okay so i think serena's being misunderstood serena only meant that she doesn't she doesn't lift and she's been telling us that for years yeah she doesn't she does lift yes. she 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 only does like the um the bands and the stuff band. she doesn't yes. yeah she doesn't do any actual weight Wait. work I really okay so to that's what
3: the she girls on twitter but i was like, I, I mean just mind my business but like her saying she does not bench press means she has not bench pressed for like what 20 years like she just doesn't yeah, she do just it doesn't do like, that's it. just yeah, not since her she was
1: a teenager no she just doesn't do it she doesn't have to she said she got it from god and or and then yep. and then with and then
3: when Vina said we've been in <laughs> We've been in fights for like who gets custody of the gym equipment. Yeah, we we all know who's gonna win that fight. (laughs) It's not gonna be Serena. She's gonna say, "Here you go, Venus. You can have it." I got pancakes to make.
1: (laughs) Jesus, cinema rose, child. Um. Well, my last question is, who? What do y'all hope stays rule wise after Rona is over? are there any rule changes or anything that's that's uh, changed that you would like to see stay uh well the
2: first thing off the top of my head is like ball kids handling towels and stuff
1: yeah yeah that's the one
2: i would I, i'd like that to not be a thing like they shouldn't have to deal with those sweaty towels all the time it's gross
3: I absolutely agree. I think everyone should be in charge of their own towels. I also like, as a like a male player, someone who, like, I show up to a match and I have, like, shorts on with a pocket, I can put the spare ball in my pocket. Like, if I feel like if I were playing against someone who had, like, the Spanx on, where they, like, shove it up in their, yeah, in like, their skirt. On sides, in their skirts, I feel like I feel like for me, there's a big difference between being in a pocket and like touching like Definitely. your sweaty legs. Right. Because difference. the ball,
2: the ball is getting all sweaty and it's, the ball's getting heavier, I guess, you know, soaking up your, your nasty thigh sweat.
3: <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be nasty thigh sweat. It just has to be thigh sweat. Like, it just like, <laughs> like I, like for me, like I would just rather just be in your pocket and yeah.
0: not
3: on your side. Um. I also, um, I'm very intrigued to see how the completely electronic line calling goes. I was just mm-hmm. about to say that. Yeah, I, uh, say that I think, uh, I think they they tend to say that um, the science shows that human, you know, calls tend to be more accurate than the the electronics or whatever, and that. You know, human eyes are more accurate in the moment, but it's going to be really interesting to see if that actually holds true when it's completely electronic line calling. And, I mean, me as just a germaphobe before all of the pandemic shit happened, I would love to be just, like, completely removed from everyone at all times and just not have to deal with any of it. And I I hate touching hands, and I don't want to touch your hand after the match when I lose and... You know, you stay over there. I'll stay over here, and that's fine. I think the
2: um, the electronic line calling thing is going to be it's going to be really really cool and interesting to
1: see. Be,
2: and it, like, how's the how's the challenge system working? Like with with that going on, like, are they going to be challenging the the computer thing?
1: No. As far okay. as I know, that you do you don't really you can I think you can get a review or something, but there's no challenging for electronic line calling.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> is it going to go like?
3: like he used to be like the long fault
1: line no no no.
3: i heard i no
2: i i I was told that it's an actual it's a voice like you hear Uh, the voice say out so it's like they said it it, i heard it's kind of weird because you hear the voices but you don't see any people
1: um i also you know as an avid tennis player um hope that the uh the tapping of rackets after matches stays. I don't like shaking hands because Same. people don't wash their hands. They don't. So um, I don't miss that at all. Can we please keep the tapping uh, worldwide in tennis after this is over? Please allow for that. Uh, please. Yeah, it's pretty. Please, it's just please, disgusting. please. I just, They don't wash their hands. Men just. Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> Oh, my God. It's, uh, it's definitely going to be yeah. interesting to see how... Um, I mean, we... I feel like a lot of Serena fans in particular have been be begging for some human errorless line calls and football calls <laughs> for a while. So no, for real. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. And, you know, the second that... Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see when it's like a... A Sophia Kennan complaining about a line call versus, you know, maybe a a Coco Goff complaining about a line call or a Venus Williams complaining about a a line call. Like, she doesn't really challenge that often, but like, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that dynamic plays out when the players do not necessarily agree with the call. And like, if there's, a difference in between who is the one that is the one questioning the call as to whether or not there is something done about it.
0: Right.
2: That's going to be very... And you just mentioned foot faults. So this machine is calling foot faults too? Like, how is this? I just don't understand how it all
3: works. I really don't. I don't foot fault. I have never foot
1: faulted if I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know anything about foot fault at all. I don't do that. I've (laughs) literally never foot faulted (laughs) in my entire career. I've never foot faulted ever. I don't know what that is. I have gotten called for
3: a second, serve foot fault before. and
1: Let me tell you,
3: it it did not go pretty for me personally because I lost the next point as well. But, I don't. I really don't get caught with shit.
1: Yeah, I don't. No, like, no, no, no. I, one time, one time, I, I got a time violation, and that dude almost got the shine work because I know it's like. Oh. Ooh. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. mm mm I, I literally I... went and told the tournament director, like, I do not let that man back on my court because it's going to get real ugly out here. Y'all don't want it with me. Woo! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: oh, God. No, oh, that God. that time I got a second serve, call, you sh- I am surprised that I get defaulted for the match, the number of names I call people. So. Ooh. But mm-hmm. bringing it back to professionals, uh, so... It's gonna be interesting to see how it goes. I um I don't know how Serena in particular she she also alluded to it uh in her in her conferences that she she wasn't sure how she was gonna handle uh stadium like with no people. I yeah. think I think that that's definitely gonna benefit a lot of the lower ranked folks. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, they're used to it. and I mean Serena I feel like in a final, it might help Serena because there's not gonna be as much pressure because there's not gonna be a stadium like jam-packed full of people. But in round one, it's gonna like if she plays like who knows, Alexandra round one, like that's not gonna help Serena like get the motivation she's gonna need. That's that's only gonna benefit the low ranked player. So uh that part is going to be very interesting to see how players deal with the situation, with the COVID regulations, with the no like the no fans, with you know the mask, with the, you know the bubble, which isn't really a bubble, but we're going to pretend it's a bubble. Um, all I'm saying is that if we're playing Cincinnati and we're playing the U.S. Open the week after. Uh, that sent that that Arthur Ashe Stadium. There's no way they're gonna have time to resurface it between Cincinnati and U.S. Open. So by the time the finals happen, that Arthur Ashe Stadium is gonna be fast as fuck. So, that, but
2: that's, that's only that's only if, that's only that if have. they're using ash for Cincinnati. I feel like they might save ash for New York and have Cincinnati played on the other courts
3: so if anything are you telling me they're gonna have Serena versus like Fiona Faro on a side court <laughs> it would not, not surprise me if they wanna save
2: the big court <laughs> if they wanna save <laughs> the big court for New York yeah, it would I, I, surprise I, me at all yeah I would kind
1: <laughs> of agree with that because I would think they would want to make some sort of distinction between Cincinnati and the U.S. Open. They don't want them to look exactly the same for three whole weeks. They, so I would, they, I would listen, think they might. No, no, which, the means, which means no. Ash is going to be playing slow as fuck
2: compared to everything
3: no, else. <laughs> no, no, no. They're not going to send Serena the exact surface they're playing on for her to train on that surface for two months, for her to go play on the surface, and then play the US Open on a faster surface. That makes no sense. We'll see.
2: Yeah,
3: we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I know it's always some bullshit. Well, of course. Yeah. She's gonna play Azarenka around too <laughs> <laughs> Oh please hold let, let it be
2: Venus. Did you
1: call a Venus lost just now?
3: He sure did.
2: And I need him to be wrong.
1: Come on, Damn. Venus, with this new serve. Beat this girl up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, she better.
1: Um, Do y'all have anything else? Because I do not. I'm just
3: very excited to see how the tour goes. I, I was a very big proponent of just canceling tennis until next year, but seeing how excited Serena is and seeing how, you know, she is just really ready to get back to competition. I mean, I just want the best for her, and I just want the best for everybody, so I'm excited. I'm nervous, but I'm excited, and I hope the best for everybody, but I i am very uh, I'm a very I'm a, very much a realist, so We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, I'm also looking forward to seeing how things play out. Uh, it's been a, it's been a it's been a wild year, and um, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to Grand Slam tennis, even though it's going to be kind of weird. So ho- hopefully, hopefully things go well for everybody. And I'm really interested to see how the men's tournament. Shakes out with uh, so many of the guys, the top guys, you know, saying that they might not show up and all that kind of stuff. And um, I think this would be a good chance for somebody not named Djokovic, Nadal, or Federer to finally win something.
1: Um, speaking of. Big
2: pause. Um, this
3: is something before Cedric, sorry, before game even started. <laughs> this is something that we had never even talked about, which was if this U.S. Open goes according to plan, is there an asterisk behind the winner, regardless of who is in the draw? Even if we don't even know, starting right now, today, if U.S. Open goes according to plan, is there an asterisk?
2: Uh, I could see maybe there being an asterisk for the men, Mm -hmm. but not for the women, because with the Mm -hmm. women, I mean, it's a It's like a toss-up. If it's not Serena, it's a toss-up no matter what. But when it comes to the men, you know it's going to be Nadal, Djokovic, or Federer. So if Djokovic... And, like, if Djokovic blows through the field where he doesn't even have to go through Federer or Nadal, then you can kind of look at this as one of his, like, weaker, weaker trophies in his cabinet. And if one of the younger guys pushes through without having to face any of the big three, then it's like, yeah, you finally did it, but you know, you didn't have to go through the, the dudes who've been whooping your ass for the past several years.
3: But on the men's side, this is the first slam without Federer and Nadal in since the U.S. Open 1999. Yeah. So, if someone like Tsitsipas or someone like Team were to push through and win the title, I mean, that's the hardest thing on the men's side, which has been you might have to be You know, Federer in the semi, in the quarters, Nadal in the semis, and Djokovic in the final. Like that has been the hardest progression in a lot of the younger players and pushing through. So, if you think about, I'm only going to have to maybe play Djokovic in the final. That's that. I, I understand. It's also. I mean, it's the same issue, especially on the women's side. Like, okay, well, Simona, you know may or may not play you know so many players the number one player Ashley Barty is not playing you know how many players are going to pull out Which to the fact that like I might have a you know <laughs> Sophia Kennan versus Fiona Faro final and then it's like <laughs> who like if Fiona Faro wins the US Open how many asterisks do we put against this you know what I mean yeah so it's it's gonna be an interesting situation Cedric, what do you think?
1: um I agree that it would be there would be more of an asterisk probably on the on the men's side I think just because of the domination of those three players um i I don't see I guess it just depends on who wins on the women's side because, I mean, if you have Serena Wendt winning, she's won 23 others, so, like, fucking asterisks to be honest. And Fine. then um, if you have, you know, like somebody like Fiona Farrah coming through, then there's a huge asterisk because we've never seen her do anything of that magnitude. Before. No, 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 no,
3: no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Come on, if Fiona Farrow wins the U.S. Open, that's such a bigger... Shock than Serena Williams winning. That's what I just said. That's what I said. But like, but like, even if Serena Williams beats Fiona Vero in the U.S. Open, I I feel like me as a stan, I'm gonna be like, "But you beat Fiona Vero in the
0: final."
3: (laughs) Like like that's what it took for you to win twenty four is you beating Fiona Vero in the final
2: in an empty stadium. (laughs) But but, at the 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 same time, at the same time, like with the, with the women's game if even if like if it's not serena and it's some random player who walks away with the with the trophy or whatever it still wouldn't really be like super shocking because you know every every year there's some random chick winning a slam like ostapenko yeah. winning the french it's was not, random like it's not. yeah, kenin yeah. Kennan yeah. winning the australian open was pretty random like Barty came through and won Paris.
1: Like it. Right. So beats, if Serena beats if Serena beats Kenin in the final, is there an asterisk by that?
3: That's the thing. It's probably not because
1: yeah. That's what I'm saying. But I don't like. I don't yeah. like. If somebody has won 23 other Slams, like kiss my ass. To be honest, like <laughs> whoever <laughs> no, I beat, yeah. it's it's gonna be a random girl because there's a random girl every single time. Nobody else is dominating. So it's not like right. Serena needs to go through a whole list of players in order for there not to be an asterisk. Serena is the player. I don't player. think,
3: I don't think that we and the most of people would put an asterisk about it. But I feel like most of the,
0: the most haters, of the, the general, haters, would, the put, haters.
3: People, the haters the would put the haters, would people who an always, asterisk. yeah, the people who always Basically, got something to say. If Serena uh, loses round two, people are gonna be like, "Oh, but well, there's no asterisk." But if she mega, wins mega the whole court thing, stands would put an asterisk. They're gonna say, they're gonna say, "Oh, baby we'll boomer see only be Fiona Faro in the final." Right. <laughs> you know, so we'll see, we'll see. But I, I, I honestly wish they would say just cancel the whole motherfucking thing. Yeah, but the I think the the like
2: we was, like I said it earlier the men's the men's event is I think that's really where my, my my eyes will definitely be fixated on Serena Williams but they will also be I guess, I'm to I want to say almost equally on the men's tournament which they haven't been in yeah. a very long time because at this at the way it's standing right now the dudes would they would only have to go through Djokovic to to win the title mm-hmm. and yep. we've seen a few of them prove that they can, they, they can beat him you know when they don't have to, you know, battle through a bunch of a bunch of the other guys first. Uh like we've seen team we've seen team take it to him. We've seen uh right. take it to him. Uh so I think it'll be interesting like to see like if he gets somebody like that like in mm-hmm. a semifinal or like the quarters or yeah, something like that. I wonder
0: if we see somebody through, take it going, through Sissipas Sissipas going through
1: Barantini.
2: beat Djokovic like what, two, three times? He beat him in Canada. He beat him in
1: he beat him in Shit. Canada. When? What year? I eighteen?
2: Mean, yeah, twenty eighteen. I think that was. Okay.
3: Okay. I mean, going. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine going through Berentini to the past team, to get a slam final. Going through. Going through Rafa, Roger, Djokovic to get to a final. You
1: know what I mean? Like, it's not gonna be the same. I would say somebody like, if Dominic team were to win. I don't think there would Please be Please now I think Please the aster no. well I'm not claiming this. I don't want him to win, but I'm saying if he did oh, win, God, no. there would there would be less of an asterisk by his name because we've seen him play multiple slam finals and be able to like he was he was very, very close to winning the Australian this year, let's not forget. Yeah. So I don't think there would be and as much of an asterisk year. by him. Let's not as, forget that either. Yeah. So I don't think there would be as much of an asterisk by him as there would be by Sissipas or Berrettini or somebody coming through and winning.
3: Right. The asterisk I mean, in the sport of tennis, asterisks are very much dependent upon who we want to win. Yep. <laughs> and so, when we, you know, retroactively apply asterisks to losers or winners, it's very much dependent upon who the general public would have liked to win versus
1: who we didn't
3: want or would not expect to win.
1: Is if, so, if Andy Murray won this championship, would there be an asterisk? That is a fantastic question. And yeah. I don't even it's care if answer he
0: plays.
3: because
2: it would be fantastic.
3: I would have loved I would love him to win, but it depends who he plays. Mm-hmm. If he plays, you know, if he played like Fogdini and then like uh, you know, whoever like ranked
1: thirty ish. Okay, this but let's be title. real, like but is there an asterisk by his 2016 Wimbledon title? Like, who did he beat then?
2: Definitely not. But you see, back then... So what's the back difference? Then, and the, back then, the difference is, back then, Andy Murray was still at the top of the game. He was still one of the top players in the world. Right now, he's, like, injured and... Not injured, but coming off the an injury and not really right, matched but fit. but even
1: as a top player, he wasn't beating Novak. Even as a top player, he wasn't beating all. He wasn't beating those other three players that were up there with him. Consistently but he was beating everybody plans. else, though, but, so it don't even matter. But <laughs> all the so uh, that's all I'm asking is how much of an but, asterisk do we put? Do we apply?
2: No, we don't all apply an asterisk all to Andy Murray slams.
1: Those
2: <laughs> Absolutely not. We do not do that. We don't do that because, and mind you, mind you, he did beat he did beat Djokovic for two of his slams. So you know, and one of right, them was Wimbledon. But I mean, did you watch yes. those? Yes. Did I watch no, those but matches? Listen.
1: Yes, they, I did. So they you were thought, terrible. did. You think Dukovitch was playing up to par in those matches?
2: And like who's was, to say he would have been if he made? And he met, that, met him in that final too. And right, right, like Andy played. said, they
3: all were there. Yeah, they they, they were
2: there and they lost. Then. They all played. They all lost. Right.
1: I uh, Roger was not there in sixteen.
2: Oh whatever. Who cares?
1: And that's Ro- like was let's
2: like
3: let's let's bring back like. Orange, let's bring back Lindsay and let's bring back all of the, like, like Martina for twenty twenty US Open. Let's see what Sumina does. No, like going so beat them all anyway. They all played, they all won. Like Andy beat them all. Like Andy survived. So right. there's no asterisk. They all played, they all entered, they all had the same like odds
1: to win and Andy. But then that's prevailed. what I'm saying is why is there a difference between that then and this now? But because... that's the problem is that like a lot of times people use
3: that same argument to devalue the 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 WTA when a lot of the like quote unquote like marketable players lose early, they say, Well, the you know the WTA isn't as valuable or like it's not as worthy, or like, oh, this like Serena won again. So surprising, so powerful. That's not the thing. The thing is that all the same players enrolled in the tournament. They all, you know, signed up. They all played. They all lost. And Serena beat whoever was across the court. The issue is who shows up and who is across the court. And the, the, the issue is that sometimes it's more unpredictable than others. Like, sometimes, like, I will beat you. Sometimes you beat me. And that's the matter of the game. And the, the issue is that on the DBTA... The the stakes are a lot more closely. It's a lot harder on the, than sometimes on the HP and that's it. The like you like you said earlier, the asterisk
2: conversation really just comes down to who you who you like and how you how you decide to look at it. Because like we could like let's go back to Stephanie Graf's nineteen eighty eight. She got a walkover in her U.S. Open semi. uh, when she was, you know, going for the grand slam, it say, you know, Serena didn't get a walkover in her semi when she was going for the grand slam. Would Steffi Graf had faced the same kind of the same kind of pressure? Would could she have lost to Chris Evert in that semi, or would Serena had won her U.S. Open had she, uh, you know, had she gotten a walkover in her semifinal? Like, do you put a little bit of an asterisk next to Steffi's uh, 20, uh, 1988 U.S. Open because she got a walkover in her semifinal? Some people would say
1: yes. Yeah. asterisk next to that entire season, but that's just me. <laughs> but, like,
3: also, like, Novak's nine, uh, 20, 2016 U.S. Open, when he had, like, uh, like, two complete walkovers and, like, a couple a of, retirement like withdrawals, retirements. Yeah. Like, he made it to the final playing, like, 12 sets. <laughs> like, But there still wouldn't have been no an asterisk had he wanted.
1: Yeah. There
3: absolutely wouldn't have been an asterisk in my mind had he wanted. It. It it in your would mind. Have been. In
1: your mind. Yeah, but that's, but that's overall the whole do point we, we're making. Overall, do we think there would have been an asterisk?
3: And that's, and that's the point no. the that we're trying to make is that it's very subjective because. Yeah. You know, like, sometimes certain players I have easier draws. Like, I remember a lot of times we used to complain about Marie getting really soft draws, and she used to make it so amazing. We'd be like, she beat Poba and who the fuck cares? <laughs> um, and so there's a lot of times where we would, like, you know, like, it, it, it's very subjective. It, easy draws are very subjective because sometimes players ranked 136 are playing out of their motherfucking skulls. And so it doesn't matter. And so a lot of times it just matters on who you fucking play. And so, yeah, you know, I like I, I'm always very sensitive to when people are talking about, like, we're fixing draws or, like, oh, my God, this slam is mixed, like, you know, oh, my God, like, Venus is playing Azarenka again. And, oh, my God, like, oh, my God, these draws are fixed. I have zero tolerance for fixing draws because... Ever, it's in everyone's best interest for Serena to play the final. It's in everyone's best interest. Financially, fiscally, whatever, Lee, it's everyone wants to make Serena make it to the last round. So we yeah, want to keep like, a, keep her around for as long as possible. <laughs> exactly. So unless we're... but
2: unless, <laughs> unless and this is where this is where the those uh draw fixing people would enter deck and they would say unless you're trying to boost, you know, TV ratings early where you would get this popcorn match super early in the tournament by getting Serena gonna, in a, the gonna, first or second round.
0: Are you going
3: to sell more tickets if you have, like, an Azarenka versus Potopova and a Serena versus Potopova first round versus, like, a Serena versus Azarenka for final? Like, no. You would rather, it's like, save those tickets to, like you would make so much more money if you have Serena in the final versus Serena in the first round, second round. So Mm -hmm. it's like it makes no sense for a tournament to intentionally make Serena play someone tough in the first round. Zero sense, because they will make more money the more Serena advances, the more Serena wins, the more tickets they sell. So it makes zero sense for anyone to schedule her versus the tough opponent versus an easy opponent early on. To make money from my point of view
2: yeah that makes sense but at the at the same time not to like th- whatever like at the same at the same time these turn a lot of these tournaments could throw all of these comments away if they went back to doing draws like normal like this whole draw behind closed doors and draw review oh, it's
3: so suspect and it looks terrible they absolutely should do them live. I don't know why they don't do that anymore. They used it's to crazy. do them all live, right? Yeah, like, yeah they used the to pick the, the, the chips to, like, out the trophy. Out of, like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, why, why don't they do that? It's so that, weird. That would... Be, absolutely, I agree. That would really resolve a lot of the problem.
2: Seriously, because right, it, so... it feels like for a lot of people, after they started doing that, you know, people's, certain people's draws started to look a little different, but I That could just be because of the fact that we don't get to see them do the draw, so it just seems kind of nefarious.
3: I got blocked by a lot of people by saying that the draws are not rigged.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so are we okay with... um... "Quote unquote," it's subjective, being our final answer because that was the question that you posed. No, Donnell, Donnell and I, Donnell and I, do
3: very know what we're
1: talking about. So I don't yeah. like I we, we y'all. There was a tangent there, but I don't think we ever arrived at a conclusion about Anger. the asterisk thing, right?
3: Anger is as the, the the arrival.
2: Yeah, definitely the the whole asterisk thing for sure is subjective. Just like a lot of st- a lot of stuff in. In tennis or in sport in general, can be subjective as, when it comes to who your favorite, you know, who your favorite player is.
0: Like with my tennis- whole thing
3: is, if we're going to talk about asterisk, like Margaret Court has eleven slams, so right? What? So if we're going to talk, if we even going to answer the concept of asterisk, then the whole question of asterisk is completely irrelevant because if we're going to talk about it then the whole reason we're talking about it is to invalidate the person with the record whose record is invalidated by the fact that we're talking about asterisks. Right. So, um, ergo, ipso facto, when we're talking about asterisks, asterisks become irrelevant, and the whole concept becomes mute, and here we are at the beginning again.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the thing with talking about tennis and asterisk and records and stuff like that, and the greatest of all time, because it really just goes off of how you want to quantify it. Like, you want to count the number of slams that a person's won. You want to count the overall number of titles, the overall weeks at number one, or just the overall game of, you know, how the person plays, what they brought to the table, what they've achieved with that game in this in their current area. Uh, it's, it's a tough conversation, which is why tennis fans will continue to talk in circles for generations to come.
0: Oh,
1: shit. Ain't no circles for me, Serena, Jamaica, Williams... Slash O'hanian is the uh, greatest athlete of all time. Argue with simple Jemami. as that, and that's a fact. Don't I know really that. care what you got to say? I don't I know care, it. huh? Um. Well, uh, I believe we have reached the end of our episode. Listen, we're at two hours seventeen right now, which you know, considering we took off seven months, is not that bad. Could be worse. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. I don't. I, I've forgotten how to close out a show, y'all. It's been a while. Um, follow us on social media and shit. I don't. What What are y'all's <laughs> handles? Damn,
2: I don't. It, it's It's definitely. It's been a long. It's been a long, a long, uh, long road. So well, I this, know, it's
3: not remember his name. he this point, blocked so many times.
2: <laughs> Man, look. <laughs> no, but no, seriously. Like this. Um, I'm glad that my I got my original handle back. I'm at I'm uh, I'm glad I got my original handle back because I thought I was going to have to, well, by the time we came back to the show, I thought I was going to have to, you know, say the I am Nels underscore two. But, you know, I don't. Which is fantastic. <laughs> so what is
3: it then? Let us know.
2: I'm at I am Nails underscore. Simple as that. Find me there. I'm I'm cool. I'm chilling. You know, I'm not getting into it with people no more for the most part. <laughs> but, you know, A- asterisk.
3: Ten- for the most part. For the
2: most part, and you know, tennis is back, so <laughs> the things things might get a little bit more heated, but you know, I'm I'm doing I'm doing my very best.
1: Andy, what's your name? You.
3: And we love you. I'm Andy Lamb. I'm at at Landy K-L-K on Twitter.
1: Um Ooh. I'm at Hey Sadie Baby on Twitter. Um I'm currently unlocked. Um, but, uh, oh. about to restart. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to follow without having to send a request, you have roughly 12 hours because I will be live tomorrow <laughs> morning. Um, we love y'all. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we'll probably, I don't
2: with don't make no promises, Cedric. Who knows um, when they'll I be
1: love back. Them, I, I, I love y'all, Cedric, I I, yes. and the y'all. Yes, I plan <laughs> on being back for at least a U.S. Open episode. I was gonna say something about Cincinnati, but um, probably you won't know. do that. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't expect. To see anything from us come up next week for Cincinnati. Um, nope. But, you know, maybe expect a US Open episode. That'll be exciting. Um, possibly a French Open episode. I don't know. We're going to listen. Two this year is good. This Rona has um, <laughs> ruined everything. So, two episodes is fine. This enough. is says um, an Annette
3: Conservate
1: Santa Count. Listen, Goodbye, we Robert. don't like, I. I it's, <sighs> Listen, okay. Like we, other shows, you know, they put out shit weekly and shit. Listen, okay. They have producers and editors and sponsors. You know who? Our, you know who our sponsor is, Cedric Smith. Do you know who our producer is? Cedric Smith. Okay, <laughs> you know how our editor is, Cedric Smith. So, uh, listen, I got another job. So we will not ever, ever be weekly. Don't look for that from us. Um, that is not our. Expertise. And just there, one, go one more now. note. One more, one more additional
3: note. Uh, Fiona Farrow for U.S. Open 2020. Wow. Thank you. Okay,
1: I will cut that part out. Um, <laughs> wow. I okay, love
3: y'all um, very much.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. So we'll we'll see y'all sometime. Uh Lord willing. I don't. No promises, promises. Okay? See y'all. Yeah. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
0: did I say? You didn't hear?